What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Strange Road. We are live streaming tonight. We have an awesome, awesome episode for you guys. Tonight, we're going to be talking about The Dog Man, baby. What do you think about that, Bob? I'm pretty excited about it. Got a chance to see a mock-up of The Dog Man at CryptidCon this uh, past weekend at Lexington, Dude, uh, Kentucky. Speaking of CryptidCon. It's pretty cool. What a blast. Yeah. We had an awesome, awesome time at CryptidCon this year. Um, we saw a bunch of rad presentations. Yes. Bought a bunch of cool stuff. Yep. Uh, we've got some artwork down here that we uh, displayed here in the front of the table from our friends at Cryptid HQ and Sherwin Sketches. He's the man. The Sherwin's Loveland. great. Yeah, Sh- Sherwin. We actually had beers with him on uh, Fridays with the Cryptids his, of the Corn his guy. His brother Chester was helping him out. Yeah, yeah. So He was operating the booth at times, <clears throat> but yeah, really good guys. But uh, got my fresh Cryptids of the Corn t-shirt. You got your Loveland Frogman. I got my CryptidCon t-shirt on, but I'm cold. (laughs) So if I keep talking a lot and start to warm up here, then, you know, uh, who knows? But yeah, much love. I got the Loveland Frogman Cryptids of the Corn special edition. Can Uh, we talk about the wand of the Loveland Frog real quick? (laughs) Not that we know a lot of the lore, but remember going through the Loveland Frog. Did I forget this? Ohio Grassman and Friends episode. It's been a while. We brushed through the Loveland Frogman. I'd like to revisit that. We might have to go back. We know this is about the dog man. Yes, and do a full episode. But who says you can't go back? Yep, exactly. It's never too late. We could have some of the folks we met at bon CryptidCon come on, or Bon Jovi, well, or no, no, no. Jeff Wilson. They sang that song. Oh. <laughs> Uh, uh, I have a real quick question. Should we be able to see ourselves on that monitor at this moment? Not at this moment. No. Why is if that? If you want to, we can. Kyle can do that. There you go. That's perfect. Working yeah. through some awesome additions here in the studio, too, guys. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, uh, we've added some confidence monitors. Some Look at all prompters. this. You can't see most of it. Yeah. Uh, we're, we'll have a camera that, f- that faces back towards all the the monitors and stuff you can see the monitors in front of us on that wide angle shot yeah there you go try to give people perspective sometimes they're like where are you guys doing this at whose bedroom is that i'm like what (laughs) that'd be sweet (laughs) i'd never go to sleep well that kind of brings up a little bit of uh last last, when we introduced the new studio last week i got a little excited and just started talking for seven minutes straight (laughs) but i wanted to kind of go back and revisit quickly yeah. where we came from sure. before we moved into this space here. Oh, yeah, um, you should. We were up on the third floor in a space we called Little Bro Zone or Lil Bro Zone. Uh, this is Bro Zone 2 Point Bro. And basically, Little Bro Zone was a 12 by 9 space, I believe. That's that uh, I can't. I would, somehow I would need had... to see it again. <laughs> I would need because we at one point, I'll bet we put five or six people in that room. Yeah. I didn't say for comfortably. Meetings, yeah, for meetings, for sure. We, there we was a lot of that. sitting on top of flight cases. And also... Pushing we, bookshelves out of the way. Right. We had a table where we did the podcast. We had cameras set up. We had mics. Yeah. And a very, very small space. And then we had two desks in there yeah. where Kyle and I were working from. It's a great little day. coffee table. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's That's where we eat our lunch. Ah, there we go. Uh, we, and, and then we had... Uh, 
a couple windows that we blacked out and yeah we were always dealing with sound issues there was a band practicing so painted it it's taken plastered a bit. over a hole ripped a box right. off the wall well that was old and there was wires in it that weren't doing anything long story short neither here nor there we moved we had to move out of that space because we just ran out of room we started getting a a more gear for you know all the 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 strange road business side of things our video production company like dale and brennan needed a little bit more room for activities the world came back and we started kind of acquiring more gear and then eventually said we we got to get a bigger space so we're now on the first floor and it's taken us a bit of time to kind of build all of this out um so we're looking forward to uh, cranking out a lot more content. Yeah. Um, but it's a great space, though. Yeah. Appreciate it. I mean, that. yeah. It's, Just today it's I had a fun. moment where I kind of freaked out for a second. I was like looking around like, <laughs> hey, where did these monitors come from? And just started putting it all together in my head. Like, you know, sometimes I show people photos of us or videos or stuff, and they're like, they kind of get excited or maybe they kind of understand it. But, like, I, yeah, when you walk in, you're like, I mean, it feels, yeah. feels real nice. Real nice, like a perfect temperature for a bath. It, absolutely. It's, co- right it's comfy. Yeah. Well, one more thing I wanted to chat about was uh, the Jeff Craig from Map in Black. We got this uh, Hidden Ohio Map and Guide. Yeah. You fold this thing out. It is. He actually autographed it for me, too. But, Jeff, this thing is awesome. Uh, you fold it out, and it's all the different weird places uh, hauntings, Bigfoot sightings. There's even our favorite uh, markers for Native American burial mounds and effigy mounds and and uh, astronomical mounds here in Ohio. It's northern Kentucky. You can't unfold this. Well, that's going to be a thing. Yeah, here you go. we got to flip it. Oh, holy. Flip. This way. There we go. That's okay. That's north. <laughs> you got north. You got north. Okay. So look at that. This was like one of the coolest things we got at CryptidCon. This is, I wish somebody would just make an app like this already. Right. So here Have you, go, you seen Bigfoot around here? Good luck refolding that. I think I got it. Okay. Give that a whirl. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, I guess we can get right into it. Like I said, we're talking dog, man. Uh, we've got a great guest, DA Roberts. Uh, he's from the NADP, and DA, uh, the NADP is the North American Dogman Project, and they have an awesome website where you can share your encounters, you can upload images, videos, audio recordings, um, and uh, basically they, they've been logging encounters of the Dogman for some time now, and so I saw DA's uh, was the director of Region 2, so I said, hey, let's get DA on, let's reach out to him. He was cool enough to hop on a call with us, emailed a little bit back and forth. So we're super excited to have DA on. We kind of wanted to lay some groundwork first before we kind of bring the expert in um, and just kind of get some some of the descriptions, a little bit of the history. Um, and so, yeah, man, if you're ready, let's hop right into it, Bob. You yeah. got anything else you want to say before we get going? No, sorry. I got in- involved with that map for a minute. <laughs> and- I started getting self-conscious about the noise. The ma- yeah. Was it loud on the microphone? Of course it was. Was it? Did, could you just turn it down and play like a little noise in the background? Um. Like, uh, no, I mean, I got not, not, not much to add. Um, I mean, my favorites, I would say takeaways from CryptidCon was definitely Micah Hanks. Yeah, Micah um, Hanks, big shout his out. His talk was Mind great. Blowing. 
he's very good. Uh, but CryptidCon in general was just a lot of fun, you know, not having gone to that before. Never having gone to really a convention before either and kind of you know, just starting out and, and uh, getting getting into that was a lot of fun. I mean. Yeah, I met some great people. Man, if we were kids and we went to Ninja Turtles conventions. Yeah. Jesus, my parents. There's no way that would have happened. They probably occurred, but there's no way I would have gone. <laughs> no. But anyhow. So that was, was great. Yeah, like I said, Micah Hanks was great. Um and, and everybody that put on CryptidCon was fantastic. Um shout yeah. out to Jeff and his whole yeah, crew. Those for guys sure. were great. For Small sure. Town Monsters had a cool talk. Yeah. Um visited their booth. Their booth was just a lot of their gear, merchandise. Yeah. Uh, talked with the guys from Cryptid of the Corn. Yep. Uh, cryptids of the Corn. Cryptids Sorry, of the, cryptids, yeah, cryptids of, the corn. of the Corn. Not Cryptid, that'd be a uh, short show. Jeff from Strangeology. Yes. Met the guys from um the uh uh, a couple more podcasters from Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and so we've got a bunch of business cards to sift through and people to, to the mask makers. With. Yes. What was uh, their name? Seymour's cryptid creatures. Seymour's cryptid creatures. Yep, Those right masks here, right here in Columbus. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remembered to, uh, check us out or if, if you guys, uh, man, we should have had some kind of like sign up or like a mailer list we did there so we could. Yeah. All these people. ideas. I know. Stuff next time. We can do next year. But yeah, if you're out there watching, we really enjoyed your stuff at the uh, uh, CryptidCon for sure. Yeah, and like I said, looking forward to it again next year and hoping to see it grow and expand and uh, you know just as things kind of always keep changing shape as they go along till they figure out yeah. what's the right size, what's the right number of days, what's the right number of yep. hours, speakers, etc. Yep. But I think they've got a good good start. Yeah, they're doing real well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Jump dog into man. the dog man. So, descriptions, bub. We've got seven to eight foot tall, glowing blue or gold eyes, sometimes amber colored. Okay. Uh, we got humanoid, right? So, canine hybrid form. Uh, we've got this image here that uh, the North American Dog Man Project guys uh, made to kind of just give you that visual of a human. And then the Michigan Dog Man, which we'll be talking a little bit about because the Michigan, when I remember as a kid was hearing about Dog Man, was all these encounters in Michigan. And going back to the 1800s, um, there's more, more modern accounts from uh, the early 1900s and yeah. and so forth. But the Michigan Dog Man, when you think of Dog Man, for me, I think of Michigan. Now, there's a ton of sightings all over the Midwest and all over America. But for sure, the hub, I would say, of these these supposed creatures uh, is the Midwest, Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia, Michigan. So, um, you know, it seems like a lot of the research is happening here in the Midwest. So that's cool. That's wild. Um, then it's compared to the Beast of Bray Road, um, which is uh, Wisconsin, yeah, story from Wisconsin, and uh, that's been well documented, and uh, tons of people have uh, researched that and podcasted about it. It's really cool stuff. You would think, well, <clears throat> man, how how much smaller do you think the Beast of Bray Road is than the Dog Man? Well, according seven to eight that, foot tall. We yeah. got this. I'm just wondering. Maybe that was just one of many beasts of Bray Road out there too. I don't know. Yeah, this is knows? a tangent. Going off um, on by myself. Hey, yo. All right. This just in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so we got head of a dog, obviously, a human torso, yep. vicious fangs, stands upright on two legs. Uh, it can leap or jump incredibly high, incredibly far distances as well. Sounds about um, right. 
and sounds like a screaming uh, noise, like a hysterical baby. Some folks have described it as a screaming noise, like, uh, you know, just uh, these high-pitched wails, um, you know, howls and, and things like that. It, Lots just, of like, animals inhuman. do that. Yeah, it, for sure. It's all kind of freaky. I mean, yeah, I, so I don't know how you tag that to that it. Maybe be. they heard the noise and then they saw the dog man or – yeah. Otherwise, if you just hear the noise, I mean, I don't. We'll we'll talk about that more. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean oh to no, you're good. Uh, covered in black or gray hair. Sounds uh, about right. Extremely muscular, ripped. Right. Yeah. A lot of accounts are this thing is ripped. The hey, man. upper torso, the arms, the chest, just jacked like Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator. You know. Do you think dogmen are always dogmen, like always 24-7, or is it only certain days that they're dogmen? Well, men? now you can get into the skinwalker thing. That's a whole another left field. Because I'm just like, wondering how you keep the up dog that men, physique. The werewolf type Is that creatures? just part of the gig? Like if you're a dogman, like, hey, buddy, welcome to the club. You're just ripped, you're ripped. shredded all the time looking you for the weight ripped. room. <laughs> I might join. I'm going to start a gym called Dogman. Dogman. Uh, get ripped. <laughs> One day. Uh <laughs> Okay, so we got Dogman's ripped. ripped Clearly, he's ripped. it's uh, he or she. Don't know if either it's dog fully canine, walking on hind legs, walking on all fours. Sometimes they get up and they run. There seems to be a, a phenomenon of almost like dire wolves, and then the dogmen are kind of different. But you people are encountering these huge wolves that are running around on all fours too. So you have the dogmen, which are more like bipedal. Their legs are kind of, uh, you know, bent backwards. Um, and DA's actually got a story about a noise that one of these things made when it stood up and it's, it's joints basically like popping All into snapped place. into place. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to remember to, That's we'll, wild. we'll talk to him about that. That's wild. Um, so we've got, okay, we're getting a little close. Um, some of their heads are, are like the snouts are a little bit short faced, the short faced and then more long faced. So their 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 snouts protrude much further. Sometimes the ears are cropped. Sometimes the ears are a little bit smaller. So you have a which is strange that there's so many different uh, the way they look in their face, and in, in terms of being upright and all fours. So you have a really wide variety of, and you know, how can you make any kind of um, distinction of what the what that is. Um, I have, have no idea. I don't know how those traits are inherited in the dogman world. Right. <laughs> what 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 uh, what that breaks down? I have, I'm. I told you I'm going to have a lot of questions for Da, uh, and uh, you guys said he's looking forward to a long oh conversation. Yeah. Oh so yeah. I think we'll get a good education tonight. Hey Kyle, can you move that confidence bottom left on the bottom? Yeah. Yep, there, there you go. go. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, so. Fully canine, walks on its hind legs, yep. uses its forelimbs to carry chunks of roadkiller deer carcasses. This is from a witness report. She also said they have pointed ears on top of their heads. They have big fangs. They have bushy tails. They walk most tellingly. What the heck does that mean? Digit grade? Oh, oh, a digit grade. Oh, I've never heard that term. Digit grade. They mm-hmm. walk uh, on their toe pads. It's like just like even if they walked upright. Right, they They're wouldn't have a heel walk, print really. Right. They're still walking basically on these. That's weird. So yep. they don't have any heel. Some of them you see a heel in the footprints that I found. Otherwise, you'd think but you're always balancing while standing. Giant Anyhow. footprint. They're yeah. like dog prints where you don't see a heel. It's just all you see is the pad. Yeah, 
Um, so they said about the canine pads that, you know, and that's something that a human in a fursuit really can't duplicate. Yeah, probably right. Probably right. Couldn't duplicate that. Um, and then there's a legend. The legend is that the dog man appears every t- in a 10 year cycle. This is great. I've never heard this. That falls on and the 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 number falls with the number seven. So 1987, 1997, 2007. I wonder when that sighting was of our witness. I don't know. I don't know. Might have to get that information. But yeah. a few we a week ago, there was a report in Ross County. Which I thought I added to this. It was one of those things I was may, this what may I have told forgotten. you about? Yeah, what we talked oh, about. Yeah, yeah. I looked into that a little bit more. Yeah. The Scioto Valley News wrote up an article about it, yeah. interviewed the sheriff, and the sheriff basically said it was a non human. Where did they get that though? From the the newspaper. No, no, I mean interviewing the sheriff. No, did someone see this thing or where did so they come up with this? The, the sheriff interviewed hypothesis. the the farmer. So this happened on a farm in Ross County. Yeah, let's recount the and story. The horse. There's a horse. Was taken out of its stable and just found ripped to sheds. The barn door was taken compl- out or forced out. Not sure. Who knows? I thought they did. It was I'm, I'm trying apart. to say, was the sh- was the stable like ripped open like the door or gate or did it jump it or that so part I can't the remember. The barn door was busted open. Okay, but then I'm thinking the horse bolted out of there. It could have. Something came after. But anyhow, go ahead. That, from there I on. never thought about that. My yeah. thought was maybe something busted in that in the door from outside and yeah. just blew the whole door apart. Yeah. And then grabbed the horse. It was found away from the where it it's stable. It was outside. I thought just it was in like torn a creek. up. Water stream. Yeah, next to a, a, a water bank, uh, a river or something, a stream. Um, and then the sheriff was quoted in saying that it was some sort of inhuman creature. So I don't know, whatever that means. We got to get a hold now, of them. Now, there are black bears that are starting to come up from Kentucky and West Virginia that have been seen in Ohio. They think that there's actually 10 breeding pairs in Ohio, in southern Ohio. So could it have been a black bear that just said, I'm getting in, I'm busting this thing up, but maybe I don't know black bear because they thought maybe it was some like sacrifice, like some person came in there, stole the horse and, you know, killed the horse, maybe for a joke or maybe it was some fucking weirdos. And that's why maybe the sheriff said inhuman because the way it was torn apart, it appeared to be an animal head ripped this thing Inhumane. Inhuman is what. Inhuman. Yeah. Non-human. Unhuman. Yeah, non-human, inhuman. Well, yeah. Rob saw me there for a minute. I'm dummy and didn't put it in there, so that's we could have read it. Yeah, it's Um, okay. We'll we'll put it on our weekly news show. Yeah. um, I mean, we can kind of breeze through this. I just thought this was kind of a cool – there's a book – called Traveling Michigan Sunset Coast. Yeah. Uh, Julie Ar- Albrecht Royce wrote this in 2007. Hey, look and, at that year. And, hey, there you go. Ending in ten a seven. Years, there we go. cycle. What do I win? And then look, 1887, bub. Jesus Christ, this is like a Stephen King movie. 1957. This is wild. This is all hitting me right now. This is... So just go ahead and read that top. And 1897. Holy cow. Okay. So in 1887 <laughs> is the first, this is crazy, Genuinely first reported sighting in Lumberjacks in Wexford County uh, spotted an animal they believed to be a dog. And for the lack of anything better to do, they began chasing it. 
To escape the pursuers, the tormented animal ran inside a hollow log. One of the lumberjacks grabbed a stick and poked inside the log. The creature let out an unearthly scream, crawled out of the log, and stood upright. There, face to face and eye to eye with the men, stood a creature with a man's body and a dog's head. The terrified men broke camp and never returned to the area. Lumberjacks. From then on, from then on, the beast made an appearance about every ten years, so it would keep on the seven. Okay. Eighty-seven, ninety-seven, right? Yep. Nineteen oh seven. Every ten years. Okay. Now, so then in eighteen ninety-seven, John Keel's the portal opening at a certain time and a certain moment. I, I mean, don't remember this, what he called it, but he called it the, something like the window of paranormal gosh. activity like basically there's like yeah times when we line up that things can kind of come through and maybe that's Dogman's timeline in the in the the fabric of these portals this space-time phenomenon where like they're bending space and then every 10 years this phenomenon happens and these things come through what it's if just, what if 10 years because is why to us be- is 10 years to Dogman is one second I don't know how to respond to that. Um, it's a good thought, bub, but again, that just broke my brain. Sorry. Um, so then, in 1897, uh, near Buckley, a farmer was found slumped over his plow. It was an apparent heart attack. He's been boozing and, on the job. Yeah, and who knows? An attack. Hot day. Probably not have been uh, consistent, considered unusual, except for the huge dog tracks that were right next to where his body was. So well, they these, ringed the ground. Right. And they were around the body. Right. So the wow. ringed dog tracks. Sorry, I missed that part. Hey, Mikey, guess what? In 1957. Jesus, you got to be kidding me. A preacher found claw marks high on an old church door. If it was a dog, it was a mighty tall one, at least seven feet, he reckoned, to leave marks where they scratched the door. Again, in another weird year called 1967, a van of hippies reported being awake in the middle of the night by a dog man scratching on the windows. People wondered what they had been smoking. Ten more years passed, and the next incident involved screams reported in the night near the village of Bel Air. When someone saw the creature, again, a decade passed, and in 1987, there was the report of an attempted break-in at a local cabin. The cuts on the door were believed to have been made by very sharp teeth or claws. Is this... Hold on. Why? Why? Ending in the... Ending in the year seven. Don't know. Like I said. On that slide where you had that, with the ending in the year seven, did that come from this book? That, yes. Well, no, that we actually read that from an article. Shut your mouth. Yeah, Did but the article they could, have, they could have been sourcing from this book. Cause I, I don't know. That's crazy because that's all. You got 1897, 1887. Well, you found I found a lot of uh, 1937, 1957, 1967, yeah. 1977, 1987. That's crazy. What else do you want from this, Mikey? Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to kind of buzz through that book. Okay. So Michigan, um, let's just say Michigan's got some dog man activity. Yep. So this year, uh, 
Kyle, if we could go to that uh, image we found from the 1961. Yep, there it is. Now check this out, guys. This encounter was in 1961. This is from Michigan again. Uh, you know, this person worked nearby a factory on second shift, had returned home after work, was enjoying a cup of coffee while sitting on the porch, and around 3 a.m. early in the morning, reportedly this man saw something move n- near this gate, and he goes into his house, gets his gun, and goes out to see what it was. Jesus. As he was standing there looking around, he saw a strange hairy creature that would stand on two legs and then sometimes go down on all fours. Boom, there you go. Uh, the witness then returns to his house, somewhat frightened, and manages to get his camera and go back outside. This is reportedly when he was able to take the above, the below photo of the creature. Now, we got this from thecryptedcrew.com. Um, Kyle, if you can hit that transition for me. Um, that This is the uh, kind of just getting that it zoomed in a little bit. Um, and, you know, it looks like it's just kind of hanging out here behind this, you know, whatever, light pole, telephone pole. Um, and, uh, so I thought that was an interesting one, but, um, and yep, there he is. So something's happening there. Yeah. It's, I don't know what, I mean, analog photos are almost like more believable than some of the digital stuff. Like this is an old photo from 1961. Yeah. Well, that's fairly old. Not having Photoshop, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do we got going on up there now? Let me actually just Are you going to play that? Yeah. So uh, actually Kyle's going to play that. We have this. What is that video from KTLA Channel 5? This is a news report uh, from uh, I think it was like 2015 or 16 or something like that. Okay. But we're just going to roll that video here. We got on camera a mystery in Texas. Oh, I want to see it. What is this strange figure that people are trying to figure out? Yeah, so there's aliens now, there's monkeypox. What about buff. Wolfman? <laughs> yeah, this is really, guys, back? sometimes this job is just We're too good. much. It's trying me today. Here's some video, though. <laughs> <laughs> this Look one is yep. trying you today? Yeah, it's trying me. This okay. is from Amarillo, Texas, Amarillo, Texas. It shows Amarillo. an unknown figure walking around a perimeter fence at the Amarillo Zoo. The creature is wolf-like, I guess. It, to me, sort of looks like the Sonic before they, yeah. you know, had to fix it. But <laughs> anyway, it was spotted at around 1 a.m. in May. Uh, May 21st. Apparently, there was no sign of entry into the zoo. No animals or people were harmed. The city is now encouraging people to submit ideas for what they think it might be, saying, quote, we just want the Amarillo community to have fun with this. Texas, no. Texas dog the internet, big. so good I've luck with that Amarillo not backfiring, but yeah, uh, we we'll have, keep you posted. Uh, I liked uh, your Cadillac thought, Ranch, Pedro, that dude. it was Chupacabra. Yeah, Chupacabra. I you liked know, it almost as much as how well All right, we can kill that. that. I've been there twice. <laughs> you did really well, though. I- we can kill that. Yeah, thanks, Kyle. So, yeah. Texas Dog Man, there's, uh, I know Small Town Monsters is doing a whole documentary right now. I think it's going to be released soon. That's the. On Dog the, Just the Dog to- Man? Texas Dog Man. Just Texas. In dog Texas, man. there's a lot of Dog Man sightings. Maybe that's part of the Skinwalker phenomenon, mm. the Skinwalker Ranch, where those werewolf creatures have appeared through portals and have crawled through portals. And the Bigelow scientists reported and wrote, wrote about that. And talked about these things opening up, portals opening up, and these werewolf creatures crawling out of them. Um, but, you know, it, that's what it reminds me of. Texas, I mean, Texas has the Big Bend National Forest. That's where the Marfa lights are. That's where so much paranormal I don't know that activity. much about Texas uh, paranormal. Yeah, Big Bend National Park is supposed to be one. We'll there's Bigfoot, in. there's cryptids, there's UFOs, there's lights, orbs, all kinds of weird, weird stuff happening there. Um, 
And then let me just hit that the right way. Uh, we got this one. I was right. There you so go. this image is a woman from Wexford, Michigan. She filmed this, and oh. then a snapshot was taken from her footage. So this is was a video. But hold, yep, go ahead. Hold on. This Wexford, Michigan isn't mm-hmm. that the same from the Wexford, Michigan story from Tales Along the Coast? It could be. Was it Wexford? I'm pretty. Do you want to go back real quick? I mean, we can. Right here, Wexford, Wexford County. Which which year? First paragraph, top left. Okay. Right there, where the break is in the first paragraph. Really, the top paragraph in the first paragraph. On the left. Yeah, Wexford. It's right there in the break. You see where the giant negative space is, and then the word Wexford. Mm Mm-hmm. Holy shit! Wow. So that's where this picture was taken. I'm assuming. So it's Wexford County. Okay. So there's precedent. We we should ask DA about that. Because um, there it is. Right. No. Good call, bub. Good call. Uh, my brain's just swimming with Dogman stuff, so that's oh, a good I'm one. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good one. So this next one from Garden, uh, the Garden Peninsula, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Yeah. This is from uh, 1968. Um, uh, we can move on to that next one, Kyle. Yeah. So this is, a this is you know, kind of hard to see there. Out in the field. I was about to say, I mean, and then, yes, there's something there. Yeah. And then we've got kind of a more zoomed in version of that on the next one. There it is. So, I mean, that could be a Squatch. That could be a Dogman. Who really knows? But um, could be a very tall fisherman. Yeah. So uh, 1968, again, another uh, analog old photo. That yeah. Would be, yeah. You know, obviously our copy's digital, but... You know, it dug a little bit, and it appears that this is a was a photo taken, and that is archived. So, no, I agree. There's something going on there. Yeah. What um, do we know? What time period this is? Uh, this one is from 1968. 1968. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. This was, okay. Dog man was packing up and leaving. We're gonna shift gears here, Bob. Okay. Had a interesting conversation from a friend that wants to remain anonymous. Oh, yeah. And our friend, who we're calling Anonymous Dogman Tipster Man. Anonymous. Has say it again. Anonymous, anonymous Dogman t- Tipster. Anonymous. Anonymous Dogman Anonymous t- Dogman <laughs> Tipster Man. Yeah. Anonymous Dogman Tipster Man. So our Anonymous Dogman Tipster, uh, reached. we reached out to him. Yeah. And we did a little session pre-recording. Um, he's going to tell us our, uh, his story and his, his encounter. Yeah. Um, we had a little back and forth earlier this week. Uh, sorry, last week and put together this video. You guys can check this out right now. This is our. What's up, everybody? Today we have an anonymous dog man tipster. And for many reasons, uh, our guest decided that he, uh, wanted to remain anonymous and uh, not reveal his name. So uh, we want to respect that uh, because it's a pretty interesting story. And and again, I always come back to uh, people that are just everyday normal people seeing really bizarre things. And recently, uh, I feel that maybe the dog man is starting to kind of give old Squatch a run for his money as the top cryptid icon in the United States. Uh, there's a ton of dog man sightings. Um, so today 
we have an anonymous dogman tipster and he's going to share his story. Um, and you know, I've known this person for, for quite a while and I trust him and, and I believe that he believes he saw something. Uh, and so Mr. Dogman tipster, welcome to the strange road. Um, really, I just want to break it down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't have to tell us anything about yourself. Um, really just let's get into, uh, kind of preface, uh, where you were general area, kind of the ecology of where you were, um, the area in general, um, and, uh, and get right into it. Sure. So we, we, uh, lived down in coastal North Carolina and, um, you know, obviously we got the ocean on one side, but, um, on the opposite end is a, a vast, uh, game lands. Um, in, um, hundreds, if not thousands of, of acres, actually it's, it's thousands, maybe tens of thousands, I believe of, of acreage of, of just wild game land. Um, so there's, there's a lot of really area that's sort of not too well explored. Um, it's a lot of hunting grounds. Hmm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we're just a small coastal community down in North Carolina. And so on this uh, particular night, were you, um, heading somewhere in particular? What, why were you out? Where were you? And, and were, were you, uh, with a group of people? Um, why were you out and about that night? And, uh, and just kind of paint us a picture, if you will, of, uh, and set the setting for us of this encounter. Sure. So, so as, as I said, we're in a sort of a coastal community, but we're actually, um, it's a, it's a very wooded, almost like there's swamplands and a, and a lot of uh, mature trees. It's, it's, you know, mostly the Southern pines, but, um, big areas of, of forest, um, within our neighborhood really. And we, we had visitors in town. So, um, there were actually, um, three other people with me, um, at the time and, um, it's, I believe it was three years, maybe four years ago now. Um, and, uh, setting wise, it was, it was late October. It was sort of around Halloween, but you know, it was, it was one of those where the, the, the chills sort of in the air, uh, so to speak. But, um, uh, basically we, we went for a, a night walk and, and we, um, live in a, like, like I said, a, a very, uh, woodsy, uh, development. Um, and there's no, uh, street lights or anything like that. So, um, it's fantastic to go out at night. It was a crisp evening and, and really we were, uh, star watching. Um, so we're sort of just, uh, walking through our neighborhood. Um, you know, houses are sort of spread out a little bit and, and in between houses and, and specifically, um, near ours, there's, um, a, a couple acres, um, uh, between us and, and the next property. Uh, and it's just all woods. Um, so we're just doing a night stroll, check out the stars and, and, uh, enjoying the, uh, the, the cool, uh, fall evening. So you're not necessarily in a dense city. You're, you're in a residential area, but you're, you're not exactly out in the country either. Yeah, exactly. It's residential. Um, and like I said, in coastal too. So, um, you know, if you, if you keep going, uh, down towards the end of our area, you, you get to the intracoastal. Um, but yeah, where we're at, it's, it's, um, not as developed as other areas on the coast. And, and so, you know, very wooded. We've got uh, kind of 
fall night, getting close to Halloween, and yep. you and your friends, you have people in town, you guys are taking a walk. Yep. Uh, you're heading yep. from, it, it, just walking around the neighborhood. There's some woods around. But we were just walking along. Um, we were actually, we had gone for a stroll up the road and we're heading back to our place. Maybe, you know, mile round trip, so half a mile out and half a mile back. And um, we were walking down the road and, and my wife had a, a flashlight. And uh, we were um, sort of, like I said, stargazing. So we're, we're walking right down the middle of the street. There's no street lamp, so it gets really, really dark at night. And um, we are in a, a stretch of the road where it's it's all woods on both sides of us. And, you know, and, and like I said, just really checking out the stars because you can just see so many, especially on a crisp um, autumn evening like that. Yeah. And uh, we're walking down the road, and, and she, she heard something. And so she put her flashlight on it, and... Sure enough, clear as day, like right in the side of the berm is this big, again, I mean, in the moment, no clue, but it looked like sort of like a werewolf or now I know sort of like a, a dogman type creature. I mean, it was, it was big, small deer size-ish, um, but just, it's, it's weird to think about because it's like, almost like you see in the movies where it was like muscular and just just ripped and then hairy on the back but you could tell like the hind <laughs> legs and the whole like torso was just just jacked muscles. that's a yeah, lot exactly. of people say is just jacked the upper torso very muscular now talk about height so um was it so on all fours all, it was on all, all fours gotcha okay yeah. well yeah it was on all fours i mean it was it was big um, so I'm, you know, I'm over six foot, um, but it, it wouldn't have been that height, but maybe on all fours, um, I mean, at least four feet, maybe five feet, just tall from, you know, proposition. It was a, it's a big creature because, so we, we do have wolves in the area, um, mostly coyotes, but the, they introduced wolves, uh, into Virginia again, and they've come down and, and mated with our coyotes in North Carolina. And created a thing called a, a koi wolf um and I've, I've i've dug through and looked at like lots of pictures of wolves and coyotes and stuff and and maybe comparable to some of the biggest wolves that if i look at sizing charts and stuff like that um to where it, it probably is coming up to like maybe my mid torso or, or um even maybe possibly my shoulders wow. um it was quick right so it's not like i got a measuring tape out and was able oh to, yeah to of course it. We, we caught it in the, the flashlight and it, it just was in the berm and it looked at us and then just bounded across the street and just into the woods and I, and, and she she followed it with the flashlight as it went um our, our one other friend that um was with us she she turned around and, and actually like you know out of fear and spun around and actually hurt her ankle oh my god um, and, and so we, we but i got to see it bound across the street down it like just took off into the woods um so i mean it was very brief but um you know i had a couple really good looks on it and, and it, it's funny I, I say i was laughing because it's I, I felt like it was almost like like team wolf or something like that but it didn't have like shards of like jeans right. uh, you know, it didn't <laughs> off or anything like that it was it was you know it was just uh just hair and animal and um but the other interesting thing to me is is 
like the distinct memory of like like we were saying the the muscular build of this you know uh, creature you know dog man or dog type creature whatever it was and when I look at like wolf pictures they, they're usually mostly you know hairy uh, you know top bottom and and wouldn't feel like you would be able to see that muscle definition so um, I don't know if your hair was you know um, you know ripped off or, or or something from it but I, you could definitely tell. It reminded me of, um, you know, you can see like pictures of like some some pit bulls or some things like that, where you know there's some jack dogs out there, <laughs> and and that's where it reminded me of where like the chest and and really down into the torso was just just muscle definition. So you could um, see through the hair of the skin the, like, and see. Yeah, the... it, was, it wasn't as hairy as I see when I look at wolf pictures. Right, it's, it's just covered. Mm -hmm. Yeah where I could actually see that build in it. Yeah, and it, it, was, it was big. Like I said, it was like a um, almost deer-ish size, maybe slightly less than That's deer. That's big. Really of a deer. Yeah. You get up on something that, that, that a deer, yeah, was, I mean, they're they're not small uh, animals by any means. Intense, you, know, and I'm, you know, I think we were all collectively happy that it, it took off instead of like <laughs> having turned, to this thing. Right, turned right at you. Yeah. Got it in the flashlight. It looked at us and just, it had bounded away into the woods. And and I'll never forget like seeing it go through the woods too because it was it was quick. And you know it's a dark night, right? Obviously their eyes are better because I it, it was a pretty thick woods and I, I've never I, I wouldn't be able to run through the woods that quickly. <laughs> yeah, that so night, it just know? fast, super fast. Whatever yeah. this animal oh, was yeah. was just quick, yeah. bounded and and was gone yeah. in a matter of a, you know a few seconds. It was pretty awesome, though. But I, mean, I got a very, very good look at it when initially we caught it with the light. Now, I know your wife didn't think it was that awesome because when I, she did not want you to talk about this story when I was – when we were talking about – she was very, very yes, – didn't want to be the um, – We were actually just telling a friend of ours um, – we have a, a – a pretty wooded log. We have a fire pit back in there, and, and we were actually just talking about this um, this past uh, fall, um, maybe a month or two ago. And as we got into the story, actually, just it's sort of eerie how things like that happen in life. But as soon as we started talking about it out in the woods, you could tell deep that in our house splits up against um, about 150 acres on the one side of just woods behind us, and. Uh, you know, we started telling this story to some other friends, and, and all of a sudden there was a ruckus of of just wild dogs out there, or wolves, or who knows what it was, and we, we did never see them. It was definitely a pack, um, you know, the, the, about a couple months ago. And uh, yeah, they just started howling, and you could tell oh. <laughs> And you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, one sitting around a campfire telling that story, and then all of a sudden oh, you're that man. <laughs> You couldn't, honestly, you couldn't script that any better for telling that story i mean geez i i i sat around the same fire and and heard the story from you uh, and your wife and uh yeah i specifically remember she did not want to talk about it she was very yeah especially being out there by the fire which i totally get you know a lot of people see things and it just really affects them and almost traumatizes people because they have a lot of ideas of what reality is and, and what we know to be out there. And well, and just honestly, to, to, to her credit, I think 
being so close to where we live, right? I mean, it, this could have been a quarter mile, half mile at most down the road. Um, you know, so I'm sure that uh, that bleeds into her, her fear a little bit of that is is knowing that she's seen this and that it was literally in our neck of the woods. <laughs> Man, that's unbelievable. And I've always known you guys to be pretty grounded, skeptical people. So when I hear this from both of you, to me, immediately, I'm taking this seriously. You know, and I'm sure you have, you're not just going out there and telling everybody and their brother this story, which I'm very glad that you're sharing it with us. Um, but that really strikes me as, okay, this is somebody that I know very well and is telling me this story and is genuinely a skeptical, scientific, logical type person. Sure. You are, you're very logical. Um, so, and I think it just uh, adds more credence to the story uh, personally for, uh, and you know, um, these things are tough to prove of course, um, but man, sure. what a what an awesome story, man. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, if there's anything else that you wanna add, please do. But um, I think that was just a, a fantastic story and uh, I thank you for sharing. Yeah, no worries. And we'll definitely keep an eye out on this end and uh, we'll let you know if we have any other encounters like that. You know, it, it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't afraid in the moment. I think maybe just because, um, because of, you know, what we just saw it in the moment and, and it, it took off. But, you know, who knows if, uh, <laughs> if it had seen us as a threat or something like that, uh, you know, I, I, would probably be painting a different picture here right now. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, overall, it seems like the experience for you was over was positive. You know, it, it's kind of yeah, cool, right? Yeah, you know, you know, life is like that, right? And and, and uh, we have a lot of other stuff that that we deal with where we're at, and, and uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, say just venomous snakes and stuff like that. And, and uh, in, in that regard, if you if you leave them alone, they usually leave you alone, and and. Uh, you know, nature to me is, is a wonderful thing. So it was, I'm just honestly blessed to be able to, to see that and have that experience. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. I'm glad you got such a good outlook on it. Uh, Gan wanted to uh, thank you. All right, man, you have a good one. I appreciate it. Take care now. Right. You as well. Take care. See you, buddy. What'd you think about that, Bob? Pretty incredible. Yeah, it's a good story. Uh, yeah. You know, our anonymous dogman tipster is highly logical human being. Very um, reliable source of information. Very uh, respected individual. Yeah. And, and uh, it's just, I feel, you know, uh, like him just telling me that kind of changed my life a little bit by proxy. Well, like we were discussing uh, a little bit. We said it's because which, he's not really inclined in this ball game. Yeah, definitely not someone that's into cryptids, no. into Bigfoot. He, he's not, you know, no. he's not in that world. Um, but again, great story. And guys, anybody out there that comes across this episode, hit us up, reach out to us. Yeah. You can hit us up, DM us on Instagram. We're at the strange road. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can head to our website, thestrangeroad.com. Yep. Um, there you can uh, hit us up with, via email, but send contact us, us, contact us, yeah. hit us up. Have you had an encounter with a dogman, a Sasquatch, anything paranormal? We'd love to hear from you. 
Yeah. And love to hear your story. Chances are if you have someone else has too. Exactly. In my experience, you know, yep. I don't know it's just one person that holds the dog man story or the Sasquatch story. So, you know, it, it, it happens to more than one person. So you'll uh, you'll only be uh, joining that group of uh, peers. So, yeah, reach out. Yep. And again, thank you to the anonymous dog man tipster friend. Yep. And this is what I've been excited for. Yep. Is to have our friend D.A. Roberts. Yep. Uh, D.A. is uh, an author, podcaster. He's a field reacher, uh, researcher for the NADP, which is the North American Dogman Project. I didn't even know there was one, okay. but I'm, I want in on it now. There's a Region 2, which he's the director of, which is our region. So I thought, hey, let's reach out to D.A., see if he wants to come on the show. Yeah. We got to talking, chatting, and yeah. boom, here's DA. DA, Perfect. what's happening, man? Thank you so much for doing this. Um, like I said, we've been all over your website, saw the books that you've uh, written, some of the stuff. Your podcast is great. Um, so kudos to everything you got going on. Uh, but how about you just give our listeners and, and Bub and I a little background about yourself. How did you get involved with all this? And where where did you come from? Well, I, uh, I grew up on a farm north of a little town called Lebanon, Missouri. Uh, not exactly civilization as most people know it, uh, but it's it, it was a farming town. And uh, as a kid growing up on a farm back in the 70s when, you know, on a good day, we got two television channels. I didn't spend a whole lot of time watching TV. I was outside doing the things that country kids do in the Ozarks, running around the woods and doing all, all of that, hunting, fishing, anything I could do in the woods. Um, and I, I got interested in, in Bigfoot at a very early age because of the Patterson-Gimlin footage. And, of course, you know, being a kid, I would run around and ask all my relatives and cousins and aunts and uncles if they'd ever seen Bigfoot, and they all thought I was crazy. Um, you know, they just you know thought I was being a goofy kid. Uh, but my uncle Buddy, who actually married my mother's sister, he was full blood Cherokee. Uh, one day we were, spent we spent a lot of time at his house, and when I say he lived in the woods, he lived in the woods. His nearest neighbor was miles away. Uh, he lived on 160 acres right on the Niagara River Valley. Wow! And um, yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. And his land was right up against about 5,000 acres of conservation land. So when I say he was in the woods, he was in the woods. Wow. We were, uh, it was like a second dad to me. Everything I, I learned about tracking and hunting, I pretty much learned from him. But uh, we were out at his house one day, and I'd asked him about it, and he didn't really say anything. And then later, once everybody was outside, and he actually caught me alone, he picked me up and put me in his lap. And he said, uh, he said I'm going to tell you something, and I want you to listen to me. And I'm like, okay. He goes, these things are real. Mm. I've seen them on this land, and you need to be careful. Hmm. Uh, and for me as a, as a seven or eight year old kid, that was just like the, that defining paradigm moment. Now, cause like you were saying with your, with your, your, your mysterious pixelated friend, uh, he was not a guy who spun yarns. He didn't drink. Uh, he, he didn't, you know, he smoked a pipe, but he wasn't a drinker. He, he wasn't prone to, he was a very serious guy. Uh, wait, wait, just a, a great guy to learn from. Okay. One question you said. There are things he when he said things. What did he do? Mm-hmm. certain? Was he just talking about Sasquatch? Was he just referring to? Was he referring to something in specific or just in general? Primarily Sasquatch, but uh, Dogman has been known to the Native Americans far longer than we've okay. ever heard the term Dogman. 
Yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, the Cherokee know. referred to it as the Ulonga dog Lala, or the 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 dog with knife teeth. Okay. Uh, it's it's been known to the Cherokee for a very long time, uh, but he was primarily warning warning me about Bigfoot on his property. Okay. And I absolutely hundred percent believed him when he told told me that he saw it, uh, and had seen it on that property. And there were certain areas of his of his land he wouldn't let us hunt on. I uh, said, just stay out of that area. That's a dangerous area. I don't want you going in there. And he wouldn't really elaborate to most everybody, but he kind of intimated it, it intimated to me that it was because of those things that he didn't want us on that section of land. Well, when I was about 15, I was on a deer stand on his property and it wasn't quite daylight yet. I was set, setting up in a, in a good sized tree. It was a big enough tree. You couldn't really lean out and look around it. I was probably 11, 12, maybe 15 feet off the ground. I was pretty high up. And I hear somebody approaching me from behind the tree. And it's definitely bipedal. It's step, oh step, step. And nobody was allowed to hunt his land but us. And when I say there, that there was nobody else around, his nearest neighbor was miles away. Somebody would have had a backpacked in a very long way to find my deer stand. Uh, and that's assuming they could have found it in the dark. But they were they were coming directly up behind me. So I thought wow. maybe it was my uncle, even though the steps sounded heavy. So I go, hey, who's back there? Hmm. And it stopped. It stopped completely in its tracks. And I hear this, and I'm not sure if my mic will pick it up. It, uh, it, I hear this big intake of breath. It goes <sighs> like that. And then I hear it turn and walk away. And I'm trying furiously to get out of this deer stand. I'm unhooking. And I, by the time I get down out of the deer stand, get around behind the deer, the, the tree, it's gone. But I can see with my flashlight, I can see the impressions where it had stepped in the leaves. And it, they were they were big impressions. So at, you know, at the time, I figured that's what it was, although I didn't see it. The fire of the very next deer deer season on that same section of land, I was up a, up a deer, up a, in, in that same deer stand, but in a different section. Uh, I was uh, waiting for a good-sized buck, and uh, wait, my, my weight paid off. I passed on a few small ones, and I see uh, about a 12-pointer come walking out of the bushes. And every deer I've ever shot, the only reason you ever see a deer is the movement. Uh, you, if a deer's laying still, you're not going to see it, and they're just naturally naturally good at, you know, well, motion is what, what our eyes track. So the, the movement of the deer gave it away. So I wait for it to step out. I line it up, and I was hunting with a British 303 with a soft-nosed bullet, so it's a good-sized bullet. And I hit it right in the sweet spot, and it goes down just immediately. Um, and by the time I'm getting out of the deer stand, I see it clamber back to its feet and start kind of staggering off. And it's not uncommon to have to track a wounded deer. I mean, anybody that's ever hunted has had to track one, probably track several. Right. So I get over to, over to where it's at, where, the, where it dropped, and I see a significant quantity of blood. I mean, it was it. I, I hit it good, and I could see pieces of lung tissue, what hunters refer to as lung butter, and um, it, it you know I could I could tell I, I got it good, uh, but it, it was wandering off, and I was seeing large drops of blood, not like little bitty drops of blood, just big chunky drops of blood. Uh, so I know it's not going far, and it makes it few hundred yards from where I was hunting and drops down into a ravine, uh, down, a, down into a, uh, a dry creek bed. It was about 20 feet down where this embankment was. And I, I could see where it had dropped. It was down in a leaf litter. but And it was also in a section in a section of land I knew I wasn't supposed to be on, but I've got a 12-point buckling down there. So I backtracked down this ravine until I can find a spot where I can drop down. It took me about, about 20 minutes, all told, to get you know find a spot, get down and get back. 
I find the spot where the deer collapsed. There's a tremendous amount of blood. Obviously, the deer had bled out, but it's gone. Um, and this was in the mid '80s. There were no black bears in Missouri at this time. They weren't they were they weren't reintroduced, reintroduced in Missouri until the um, mid '90s, maybe the late '90s. Um, and there had been a wolf sighting in Missouri in probably 150 years. Uh, coyotes are common, but coyotes, if you've ever seen a coyote kill, coyotes destroy a kill. Uh, in fact, I, it, it, even if it had been a pack of coyotes, there's no way they could have eaten it in the time it took me that to get quick, down the back. Right, right. Um, They'd have to have mountain like lions. No, right. They, you and, and so the deer's gone. Time. There's no yeah. there's no tufts of hair, no nothing. A mountain lion would have had to have dragged it. This was a good-sized buck. I mean, I was a pretty stocky country kid, and even I would have had to have dragged it out of there. I couldn't have mm -hmm. thrown it over a shoulder and carried it out. Right. So that ruled out mountain lion dragging it. And we're in a rocky creek bed, so I'm not seeing any footprints. So I spiral out about 50, direct, 50 meters in every direction looking for another drop of blood. I don't find one. So I get on the radio, and I get a hold of my uncle because I would carry these little Motorola radios. I said, hey, Uncle Buddy, I think somebody's hunting on your land. Mm. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I, I, got a, I got a good sized buck and it's gone. He said, where are you at? And I told him, because you know you're not supposed to be down there. I said, yeah, but I shot it and this is where I tracked it to. <laughs> and uh, he paused a minute and he goes, no person took your deer. Get out of there before you're not, the deer's not the only thing that goes missing. What? Uh, so wow. I went, I got, I got out of there and went back up to the house and he goes, that's the part of the land you know you're not supposed to be. What wow. took your deer is not going to give it back. And if you'd have followed it, we probably wouldn't have found you. Damn. So I he, he meant business. Your uncle oh, yeah, was, was a very serious in this moment mm -hmm. was, Hey, I told you yeah, so. He, you messed with. Yeah, he said that is the sexual you land about. you need to avoid. Is he still around? Yeah, he passed away just a couple of years ago. Ah, unfortunately. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, sorry, sorry to hear that. that. Sorry for your He was loss. like a second dad to me. I mean, I think everything Man. I know about about tracking animals, I learned from yeah. him. Yeah, he sounds incredible. I mean, just wow, the uh, just an awesome guy. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't imagine having that, those kinds of interactions as a child, you know, or as a teenager, and that that's just fantastic. But yeah, so he he was basically like, look, doesn't matter where you shot it. Once it kind of reminds me of you know, once you go past this boundary. That it doesn't matter what happens beyond there. Right. That's just off. If the deer is down there. Leave it. You're not yeah. going. To, you're not going to find it. Right. Yeah. Well, that between those two incidents, uh, between him telling me that as a small kid and those two incidents on his land, pretty much just solidified it in my head that these things were out there. Uh, yeah, was, I would you know, say so. No doubt from that point on, even though I hadn't physically seen them, uh, you know, I had enough firsthand uh, firsthand inter interactions to know this is not only dangerous, but it's definitely there it would take something very large to throw a 12 point buck over its shoulder and walk away with it right uh, i couldn't have done it uh, you know in, even without my back injury i couldn't have done it yeah. i would have had to have and, and, and to drag it out i still would have had to field dressed it and it was not yeah. field dressed there's nothing yeah. there but blood wow and i mean how long did it even take you to get down there probably not that long and then all of a sudden it's just gone you know, how how, right. how long do you think from the time that you got down off the stand and to where you thought the animal was and then found the blood? Well, no, he saw You said you saw it at the yeah, bottom. I got to the top of the to. ravine. I saw it down he there. Saw it. it had collapsed in the bushes. By the time right. he got down maybe there, maybe 15 to 20 minutes at the most for me to go find a spot to right. get down and then come back and it's gone. 
So literally in the time what? to climb down that ravine and make his way to it, by the time he right. could get to it, it was gone. That's what I mean. That How long do you think that was? He said like 15, 15 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes. There were, there were times you on hear- that land. I grew up hunting and fishing and camping on that land. Yeah. There would be times when you knew you were being watched. You just felt it. Yeah, yeah. Did you have anyone else in your family? I know you said you asked people as a kid, and he was the only one that told you anything. Was there anyone else that had the same experience you did as a kid or that also talked to not him? That, not that anybody's ever admitted. Uh, okay. I know that uh, that some of my cousins refuse to hunt out there and won't say why. What, what Did they just immediately stop? Did they hunt there yeah, for they, a while? Yeah, they started then... out hunting out there, and then they said, you know what, I'm not hunting out there anymore and just didn't come back. And did okay? Did any of them just quit hunting altogether and just didn't want to hunt, or it was just specifically that area? They were like, "Yeah, this is specifically just that area." Gotcha, gotcha. That's really interesting. So from then so, on, about sixteen question. years old, I would drive back country roads and and you know be be looking in the fields, and occasionally I would just stop and talk to somebody. If I saw somebody out like you know working in his field or working yeah. in the garden, I would stop and just introduce myself and talk. And my family are all hillbillies from the sticks in Missouri. I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you you grow up you grow up in an area like that. You know, you you pretty much know your own. Yeah. So you yeah. could tell by the way I talked that I wasn't some guy just out, you know, out of the city looking to, looking to, looking for weird stories. Yeah. I tell them who my cousins were and yep. odds are we probably had cousins in common. And yeah. <laughs> so I got a lot of really good stories that way. Yeah. Um, we can, I, we can identify with that. Yeah. yeah. My old neighbor, Ron, who I lived next to for seven years, grew up in uh, Southern Missouri in the Ozark. So I a hundred percent, know what you're talking about oh yeah from all of his stories growing up in missouri as a wild man a young wild he man. needs a, yeah. a ghostwriter or autobiography <laughs> he needs written, a book or, written yeah jeez but he, he was I, I can't remember exactly the area but definitely the ozarks missouri um and uh you know one thing we actually uh, heard a lot about in some presentations was the land between the lakes monster or dog man thought that was dog man that was Dogman, yeah. The LBL Dogman. Yeah. We, so really and interesting. Bub and I. We've been to a lot of these places. We we went. Uh, our buddy's yeah. mother owned a She a had a cabin, cabin down there. And we used it for like a three-day trip that we just yeah, ended up just doing. just a weekend camping trip. Yeah, on the on the lake was beautiful. I mean, it, I mean, you look out, it's a forest everywhere. They had these giant, huge yellow jackets or yeah. hornets flying yeah. around that were just like – I mean, it was. I don't remember seeing insane. anything weird out there, but I will say this: that woods was strange. Mm-hmm. The the <laughs> feeling you got off of it, it was of like feeling next to the water like that. Yeah, like feeling like you're being watched. And again, Mike and I, we grew up in the sticks, you more cornfields, fields. Though. You know, yeah. very flat Ohio, nothing. Mercer County, Ohio. Yeah, a little bit of woods here and there, but nothing too crazy, right? But so, right. never really had that feeling growing up, but just always you kind of just know when you're having that feeling and I, I remember being out there being like this place is really cool it's also kind of a little creepy mm-hmm. like it, yeah. i don't know there's just something about it and then yeah when we went to cryptid con they had um some presentations about land between the lakes and dog man and it just and then i talked to da da yeah. brought it up i didn't even bring it up <laughs> the other day he he brought up land between the lakes and really I'm like, oh shit do you so, have stories from land between the lakes da Yes, I do. Uh, I spent most of my adult life in, in law enforcement in one capacity or another. I was a corrections officer for a while. I've okay. been a road cop. 
Uh, I was a commissioned deputy, but I ran the overnight security detail for a major hospital system in our area. Uh, so I, I've, I've been there, done that when it comes to, to you know, time in uniform. But right. everything I learned as a cop, the investigative techniques, interrogation techniques, I apply all of this when I do field research. Wow. Uh, last year, uh, Nick Valente, one of the other guy, one of the other regional directors from the North American Dogman Project, he's a Region 2 direct. Not, I'm Region 2, he's Region 3. Uh, we met in LBL and spent a week in there. And uh, I, I've i grown up hunting and fishing in the woods. I know the, the way the woods sound, the way they're supposed to feel. LBL is a different place. It is. Um, Can I ask real quick, whereabouts in LBL were you? Like northern, we're on the northern end. Northern, okay, okay. Just for reference well, uh, point. It's big. On the way into LBL along the, along the highways, you would see roadkill. And where we stayed in our resort, there were deer walking through the resort. There were, you know, you could see fish swimming. You'd see turtles, squirrels, raccoons, all the usual wildlife you expect to see in the woods. You cross that bridge into North LBL, and it's nothing. Hmm. Okay. Four, no, five days wandering around North LBL, I never saw a single animal. Not one. Hmm. Not even roadkill. Why? Did you did you ask anyone nearby? Yeah, hey, like what's does ecology? anyone hunt over here? What's yeah, yeah? yeah I mean that. Uh, I'm curious. I, I did, talked to several locals, and uh, they explained that uh, they do hunt LBL, but they tend to stick to the south end. They said you don't find much in the north end of LBL. Really? And, and then I, I had people tell me if you're going to go into the north LBL, north end of LBL, don't go alone and don't go at night. Well, I got there two days before Nick did. So what did I do? I went at night and I went alone. Oh my gosh! Yes. Wild man. My Jesus. wife says I'm an idiot. Uh, Dude, there's, my know. wife knows there's I no way I would be doing that. Don't know if I would go alone. I wouldn't I get would out go. of the car. No, I'd go with DA. I, when, I, I would go uh, and lock myself in. From the time I was a in. small kid, from the time I was a small kid, my mother used to tell me that I would blunder in where angels feared to tread, and Jesus. it's kind of been the hallmark <laughs> of my life. Jeez. Yes. That's awesome, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying I don't know if my – my. Uh, I mean, I like obviously the topics we discuss here, right? But at the same time, would I put myself out in the middle of LBL knowing all of the factors I know now? Whew, but, man. Oh, I, I knew in advance what I was getting. That's what I'm saying. Like, wow. Here's the, here's the best part. You're going to love this. Um I, I went down to an area called Demumbers Bay, and it was dark. Uh, and I walked away from my vehicle He's down into the woods. Oh, yeah. About <laughs> well, looking back at it, it was not the brightest thing I've ever done. So I'm about 30, 40 yards away from the van, from my van in the woods, down by the by the by the shore of the lake of the bay. And I got my phone out and I started playing predator calls, like you would for calling coyotes in. I was I was I was, I was playing dying rabbit sounds. Oh my and it gosh. was just kind of echoing out over the water. And then I hear something coming toward me in the woods, and I'm like, hmm, this is probably not the best place for me to be alone. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Did you so ever see what it was? And, no, I never got close enough I could see it. Yeah. Uh, I, I realized two things hit me. I, one, I wasn't, I wasn't carrying a firearm because you're not supposed to carry firearms at LBL. And two, I was, <laughs> you know, 30 yards from my vehicle. So I just kind of watched that spot and backed up to my vehicle and got in and turned the headlights on and didn't see anything. I'm like, yeah, this is probably not the brightest idea I've ever had. I probably ought to get out of here. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, that might be a place we need to revisit at some point and go for like a long weekend and rent a cabin in the it's northern. Big. 
northern yeah, LBL section. There's a lot to explore. Go do that for a weekend and see if there isn't anything we come across. That would be fun. Anyhow, I digress. Yeah. Yeah, Nick and I are planning another trip. Very excellent. DA, how did you get involved with the uh, North American Dogman Project? It's kind of a funny story. Um, about two, almost two and a half years ago, uh, I was writing a book, uh, writing my uh, book I called The Lake View Man. It's it, it's uh, it's set in around the Kimberling City area. And down in that area is a place called the Joe Bald Public Recreation Area. It's an old campground that the Army Corps of Engineers shut down back around 1999-2000 after allegedly a number of people went missing in that park. Um, place is completely overgrown. You can still see the, like the old picnic areas and campsites back in the woods, but it's all uh, completely overgrown. Um, you can still get in there on, on the roads, but the, it's, it's been completely been reclaimed by nature. It's all w- wickedly overgrown. Um, and one of the settings I wanted to set in the book was at, at the old Joe Bald wreck area. So my best friend, Steve and his wife and my wife, we all decided that we were going to go down there and, and it, was, it was well after dark. We were going to go down and shoot a promo video for my book, The Lakeview Man, that I was that I was in the process of writing. And after that, we were going to go go out to dinner together. So we go down there, and, and I was still a deputy at the time. And this is my buddy Steve. He's a concealed carrier, so we were both armed. Uh, but we get out of the van, and of course the the girls stayed in the van. They didn't get out with us. And Steve's got my my uh, cell phone. He's just shooting this video of me with a flashlight talking about Joe Bald. Um, just a couple minute video. wasn't very long. We shot the video, got back in the van, and left. Didn't think anything more about it. I go to upload the video to YouTube, and I start noticing a lot of eye shine in the background. And that's not unusual. I mean, if you've ever been in the woods in Missouri, eye shine is not atypical. I mean, you'll see raccoons and owls and possums and everything else. But I noticed all the eye shine was fairly high off the ground. And at one point was directly over my shoulder in the darkness. Um, so, you know, I was like, okay, that's a little odd. But there, wow. again, there are trees everywhere. So it could have been a possum or a raccoon or just about anything. So I didn't think too much about it. Mm-hmm. Upload the video to YouTube, completely forget about it. A year, year and a half passes, and I was doing a podcast called The Nightmare Hunter. And uh, we, we decided to show the promo video to promote the book. And one of the guys in the audience, a guy named Thomas Whitten, he goes, Hey, DA, something moved behind you in that video. Yeah, you can't and I'm see like, something move. I'm like, there's nothing moving in that video. I've watched it a hundred times. Yeah, and he goes, no, I'm telling you, about ten times. And yeah, you he do, tells me you do see something, something moving. moving. And I'm like, oh, all right, fine. So I, 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 I've been watching it like on my laptop screen. So I put it up on the big screen in the in the in the living room, and I'm like, huh, it does look like something's moving back there. So I sent the video to a couple buddies of mine that do video analysis, and they broke that video down, and what they found was pretty terrifying. At one point, when I'm moving the flashlight around, you can see something with a dog-like head, and you can see one of its arms as it leans out from behind a tree. Once we saw this, we go buzzing back down to Joe Bald in, in broad daylight, of course, uh, yeah. and go to, and find that exact tree. And based on pictures of me next to the next to the tree and holding my hand up, uh, we estimated that that head was about nine and a half feet off the ground. Wow. Um, there was no bushes behind the tree that it could have been. There was nothing back there that would have stuck out. Black bears don't get that big. Even if it had been a black bear that had climbed the tree, 
uh, its arm would have been much closer to its head than this thing was. There was a significant gap between its head and its arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can clearly on the video see this thing lean out and lean back. So at the time, you know, I, I was familiar with Dogman, but I wasn't sure what I'd captured. Uh, so I reached out to the NADP and got a hold of Nick Valente. Who, okay. We're now pretty good friends. Uh, I send the video to Nick. And he's got it for a couple of days, and he's like, he te- he uh, sends me a message on Facebook. He's like, hey, can I have your phone number so I can call you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So I send it to him, and he calls me, and he's like, dude, he said that is the best example of a Type Three dog man I have ever seen caught on video. Where did you get this? I'm like, you're in Missouri. He's like, holy crap. Do you care if I show this video to the to the guys at the NADP? I'm like, absolutely, show it to him. Uh, and it wasn't long after that that uh, that Jody Cook, who's the founder of the NADP, after he looked at that and talked to Nick, they offered me the Region 2 director spot uh, because it had just come vacant. And that's kind of how I got involved with the NADP. Okay. But that video, we've done a full breakdown analysis video of it on my YouTube channel. It's called the Joe Ball Breakdown Video. Um, I welcome people to watch the video and give me their opinion on what they think it is. Me personally, I I think it's a dog man, but I I'm not, not going to present it as the smoking gun. It's not the right. Patterson Gimlin film of dog. Yeah, man. it's Fair just enough. we got something weird. What do you think it is? Yeah, totally. hey, every little bit adds up, right? Mm-hmm. We got to start somewhere. Absolutely. You know, we start maybe with the stories like we have, or you know, visual encounters, and as we keep building this and getting better at it, you know, there's always the joke of. You know, nobody had a cell phone at the time. It's like taking a cell phone picture in, you know, certain instances is not easy, right? You know, the lighting oh, has to be not. pretty good, you know, unless you're like, hey, dog man, can you just not move a little bit? You yeah, need to hold, it's super tough. You know, so, yeah, there are more cameras than ever probably, but but once you get still difficult in the woods at night far away and it's yeah. just from, you know, maybe a camera light or whatever's lighting that behind it. So we do have the video. We, we – yeah. We well, can, the thing we, that disturbed me the most about that video is I was a cop at the time. Okay. I was a trained observer, and it got okay. within 30 yards of me, and I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Never heard it? Didn't even hear it. Didn't even hear it. But there's talk in the it was. Time. It got close to us. He's, and it it, be in law enforcement, they teach us something that's called the 21-foot rule. Basically, okay. if you've got an assailant with a knife and they are closer than 21 feet, you're going to get stabbed before you can draw your weapon. And considering how fast okay. dogmen are, at, at 30, oh, 30 wow. meters or you know, roughly 30 yards, I don't think I could have drawn fast enough to have stopped it from getting me. So 21 feet DA, and dogman's getting there. And you're all in. You, you that believe clear. that this animal is real. You believe oh, that. The, okay. Without a doubt. Well, I, Nick and I had a visual sighting in LBL. We saw one. Okay. Oh, did we hear this story? No, I, I, I was kind of getting there, but uh, oh, oh. on our last <laughs> Sorry. day in LBL. <laughs> Sorry, you don't, hey, you well, don't, we went off on a. I usually have a disclosure where I say yeah. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You don't have to answer any of them, but I ask a lot. <laughs> well, I of tend questions. to go off on tangents anyway, so it's yeah. perfectly fine. <laughs> hey man, but, uh, I love on it. our we're last day in LBL, we were circle. we were leaving in the area called Demumbers Bay. And supposedly in 1974, there was a couple killed by a dogman in Demumbers Bay. Um, It was it was witnessed by a a person that worked for uh, Kentucky Fish and Game. Uh, Okay, but uh, Elijah Henderson's the one that covered that story to a great degree. But it's it's a fantastic story. Well, anyway, we're leaving Demumbers Bay and we're driving very slowly down the road. Uh, just looking to both sides. We're looking at, a lot of LBL is what they call primitive campsites and they're set back away from the road. 
Right. Uh, so you can you can see some of these campsites through the through the trees, but there's zero amenities. If you you know if you you need electricity, you better bring a better bring a a, a, a generator because there's no electricity, there's no running water. These are primitive campsites. Um, so everything you you need to camp, you've got to bring in with you. So we're slowly driving driving slowly, looking at some of these primitive campsites. Uh, maybe doing three or four miles an hour at the most, just creeping down this road. And I had my cell phone in my hand like this with the camera app up, ready to record if I saw anything moving. So we're driving down the road and I'm looking kind of off to the right side of the road and I passed over something that like there was kind of like, like the bells and whistles going off on, on my head that there was an odd figure, but I just was, was still panning like, hey, what did I just see? And then it moved. It turned its head and looked at me. And what I was seeing was a upright canine uh, head like a like a like a German shepherd, kind of somewhere between a German shepherd and a wolf. Only the snout was shorter. The ears were up. It was completely black it was standing on two legs and it had its hand on a tree like it was just sitting there. What? And um, and, and I'm like, like smacking Nick in the shoulder. I can't even speak. I'm like, look, look, look. So Nick slams on the brakes, looks over, and once it realizes we've seen it, it turns and like sprints for this ravine. And it did this weird kind of bounding. It didn't like run, run in a straight line. It kind of went bound, 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 and then it was down in that ravine. It was incredibly fast. So what do we do? We're both unarmed. We throw the, 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 uh, the vehicle in park, and we jump out and chase it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. I know. The logical yeah, thing to do. Are, yeah, the logical <laughs> thing to do is two unarmed guys to just break out and run after it. Yeah. Uh, my goodness. Were we we kind of talking about that. Oh, my goodness. We were talking about <laughs> Bigfoot, Kyle, who's, you know, that's kind of his, his clan, his brethren. Bigfoot the, the and Sasquatch. Kyle. Yeah. Stone, yeah. So, you know, we, we said if I saw a Sasquatch, Kyle said he would not. Wouldn't run out. if he Wouldn't saw a Sasquatch. Panic. Now, a dog man on the other dog hand, man. I'm running if I see a dog man. Sasquatch, I think I could hang tight and just get a vibe sense of, you know, they're primates. You know, they're more like us. Dog man, dude, I probably would have that flight or fright or flight. You know, I would I would run. I base everything off of a, the experience, the lone experience I've had with anything that could eat me, which was grizzly bears. And after experiencing that, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good seeing anything I, from a safe distance, but you know, I'm not outrunning anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not gonna outrun Dogman or Sasquatch by any means. You, you know, the grizzly bear alone. So I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm running in all uh, instances of Dogman, Bigfoot, unless you know, they somehow I convey had a nose, a nose encounter with a grizzly bear. Did you? Yeah. It. Mm -hmm. Changes your perspective pretty quickly. Of man, that's a so, big. Some buddies animal. of mine and I were camping up in the Rockies. Okay, and uh, we're we're walking up this trail, and we we can kind of hear something. I'm like, I think there's something around. Well, we rounded a bend in the trail, and there it was. It was just in the trail, and it was close enough. Well, I played this game with my dog. I got a pit bull mix, and I'll he'll he'll look at me, and I'll reach out and go boop, and hit him on the nose, and he'll look at me. <laughs> And then he'll lean forward and I'll do done. it again. Well, that bear was close enough I could have booped him on the nose. I mean, we oh. were nose to nose. Dear and Lord. These, are, these idiots that I was camping with were the kind of guys that would claimed they would wade through hell to fight a rabid wolverine with me. I will never leave you in the woods. We're right there with they you to the end. Left. First thing I said was, don't run. And what do I hear? Running. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, that puts you in a tough spot. With this bear. Yeah. Well, fortunately, this was the time of year the bear just wasn't hungry. If it if it had been like close to hibernation time, or if it had just woke up, right? You know, fat guy would have been on the menu, but right. You know, <laughs> I, I, I had to explain to him I'm high in LDL cholesterol, and that's the bad guy. He didn't want me. <laughs> but we just kind of looked at each other and went our separate ways. Wow. So yeah, that could have gone very badly if that bear had been hungry or had cubs. But, oh uh, yeah, we for just sure. kind of looked at each other and had almost the same "oh shit" expression on our faces. Just oh yeah, at each other, and it went its way, and I went mine. Wow, of course, I was mad as hell when I caught up with my buddies. I'm like, you jerk asses. Yeah, I wasn't even that close. I was just close enough to realize that if there was any reason that the bear that I was seeing decided that it wanted to come investigate us, have a snack, whatever, what, whatever it, it wanted it to do, rules it that do. arena. Yeah, 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 I am, I am. I am a, a fixture to it, you know, to be done with whatever, you know, and that's, that was my concern was like, it's just an unpredictable, big, you know, big wild animal. Now, again, for say Sasquatch or a dog man with maybe Sasquatch, I could understand, you know, giving him a little bit more room for maybe he doesn't have harmful intent outright dog man. I'm going to put it out there. I haven't heard a lot of dog man friendly stories. No, no, there are no. I've never heard of Gen- generally. See what I'm saying? Yeah, right. I'm running then. Yeah, or I'm not getting out of the car. I don't know. <laughs> see, running, I would probably. You don't want to run. There's a wild animal. I mean, I'm, well, I'm that smart is, enough in, to know. In, I've been attacked by dogs. Response. Yeah, it kicks uh, in the chase uh, and predator response. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't run. I mean, I've had dogs chase, like big dogs chase me when I was That's a kid. That's scary. And you know, it now was, it's dog man. Yeah. So. Scarier. Yeah, if you rounded a corner in a trail and you came nose to nose with a dog man, uh, that's, that's definitely a brown stuff. pants moment. Yeah. Oh, that's sh- at so, that point, or- the only thing you can really do is try and taste bad. <laughs> do you so being being a part of the NADP? What what does that entail? Hold on, let's go oh, back wait, to what? the sighting. What what the, happened? The, the the encounter that he had in Land Between the Legs. Oh, was I there more to we, it? Did we not we get wrapped, the fo- Never yeah, mind. We, did we digress too quickly? We digressed. Did we, yet. DA? And if we did, by all means, <laughs> bit, but stop us. Lot. Stop us. And you're not going to hurt my feelings. Be like, but, hey, Justin, so we need to get back to that. You were saying it's kind of like a short-faced, uh, up on Husky, two legs. Husky, German Shepherd. and wider. Yeah. So kind of like a Mastiff snout, but the, the head was shaped more like a like a wolf. So we, we wow. digressed. When you said you and your buddy decided to run after it, now <laughs> cut yes, we did. back to that. You ran we, after we it. We found go. the impressions in the leaf litter because uh, they ran the after was, it. Ground pack was too. Yeah, we went after it. Uh, we found the impressions in the leaf litter, um, but there were the ground. The leaf litter was too thick and too. The ground was too hard packed to to actually be able to find a track to cast and it went down into a ravine that we would have needed ropes to have gotten down into so okay there was no point in chasing it we, you know, we could still hear it going through the woods but like neither of us were like heavy heavy foot in the in the so it's no, covered you hear like smacking branches out of the way okay i just want to say Big one thing animal too running um, through the woods it's just making all kinds of racket how da that's what i'm right. imagining how da said it ran across the road though how, how it was like skipping it, it along like Willy Wonka. It went from the tree kind of away from the road. And it did it in this like weird like loping bound. Like it like went to the, hopscotching. to the right, to the left, to the right. And then it was down in that ravine. I've seen dogs. Not not saying this is a dog by any means. But maybe in the canine kind of vein. I've seen dogs have that kind of weird bounding motion to their kind of gait. Mm-hmm. 
in videos. I have seen that before, but I don't know if that's a just an emotional state they have in that or if that's how they move. But I'm saying I've kind of – I know what you're saying when you say this thing move that way. I can imagine just these leaping and kind of bounding back and forth. That's so why I'd say it almost seems kind of like uh, cartoonish or comic book in nature, right? It just doesn't jive with right. the way we think they're going to move. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah, – That would make it even more strange. by the way it moved. The yeah. irony is, is I like I said, I had my cell phone in my hand with the app up ready to start recording, and it was long gone before I even remembered I had my phone in my hand. Right, because you're moment, taken by surprise. Total, Shock. total paradigm shift, I, compl- I completely forgot the phone. Just Yeah. And it, it, the, the whole thing only happened you know, in 10 to 15 seconds at the most. And that right there I don't think is taken into consideration enough when you have people like – mainstream scientists and academics that are saying well we have all these phones we have all these cameras listen we're professional camera operators me as a professional camera operator out in the field at night with your iso jacked up maybe you got night vision maybe you don't i mean when you're shooting a concert and there's massive amounts of lights all over it i mean there's things that you're going to miss that are important hopefully you got enough cameras to capture something but i mean if you're talking about shooting something and being on it and not knowing what to ex- i mean you know basically what i'm trying to say is you got to be in the right place at the right time and hope that you're not taking a break. If you got a big camera on your shoulder or you're, you, you know, you check your phone or, you know, looking, okay, on GPS, we're right here and you don't have your camera up and ready. Right. Like it would be difficult. Even if you have tons of gear out in the field, like it's like catching lightning in a bottle, right? He was ready right there with his camera. Right. And but again, how often does that happen? Do you know many? Even if you have cameras, you're not necessarily going to capture. Do you know many times I've recorded videos on my phone that I didn't record as well, even having the phone? I've done that, and I swear I've hit the button and everything's rolling, and I get done. I'm like, that was a great video, and I look back and there's nothing. It's not rolling. So I mean, yeah, you know that I I could I could uh, sympathize with the position of seeing something and being just dumbstruck for a while and. I mean, all inspired. I like, was, I was, yeah, just completely freaked out. Yeah, your if, brain well, is trying to process. Another thing it. about another thing about pictures and video, and it, with the with the advent of Photoshop and Video Shop programs, I don't think we're ever going to have a smoking gun picture uh, because it's, it's too difficult. easy to fake images like that. Right. Uh, there are a lot of hoaxes floating around out there. Right. Um, yeah. And then some people might not even be intending to hoax. They just shoot it as a joke video, and next thing you know, it's gone viral. Yeah. Uh, for example, that uh, the Amarillo video you guys showed earlier, yeah. uh, the Amarillo fake. Zoo actually came forward a few months after that and said, yeah, this we set that up as a publicity stunt. So that oh, whole real? video was a publicity we stunt. We just yeah. filmed that video. F- we just showed a fake. Well, that's why we hey. have DA on. Yeah, it was a publicity stunt, but okay. it went viral. It went. It was made national yeah. news across yeah. the country, and when people were like starting to flock to the Amarillo Zoo looking for that, they're like, "Okay, this has gone far enough. That was we just did that as a joke. The whole thing gotcha. was intended to be a publicity stunt to generate generate yeah. interest in the zoo." You know, stop coming here to investigate this creature because it's not right. There. All the weirdos are showing up. Yeah. Hey, man, where's your dog, man? The dog setting up their t- tents outside. Um, where, where, where the dog man went that you and your friends saw, 
did you didn't go at well you went after it you said we did initially until it, just it went jumped down, down the ravine, ravine and just just I mean, yeah, super just and that was down. it encounters over yeah. nothing else after that you yeah, said we you could, could still hear it but crushing there was through no the trees not without ropes wow that was the only encounter you had while you were there while we were in LBL, well, we had had some some questionable encounters, uh, like at the Nickel Cemetery. Uh, I, in fact, if you go to go to my webpage, uh, my YouTube channel, all my all my uh, LBL videos are up. Uh, there's one video yeah. that I shot at the Nickel Cemetery uh, where I was the only one there. I just had my camera set up on a tripod and I was talking to the camera. And every once in a while, you'll see me stop and look off <laughs> camera. It's because there was something walking in the woods behind me. And uh, I, 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 at one point, I'm like, hey, who's back there? And nobody would answer me. And, and, I like and, how he... and that was shortly after the point I realized, hey, there's something back there. <clears throat> so I shut the video down and I went in, went in the woods. And uh, I, I could That's hear it like moving do. away from me. Uh, but at that point, I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I'm out here by myself. I've got no cell, cell phone reception. Nobody knows where I'm at. Even my wife doesn't know where I'm at in the park. Right. Maybe maybe this is not the best place for me to be chasing something by myself. <laughs> I love it. I love that initial like tear off after then you're like, wait a minute. Kyle, do well, we have I've spent, that video from DA on in I've a spent my career going toward weird stuff. Like the right. sound of gunfire or you know, the sound of fights. Right. And so I'm that's just how I'm wired when you know, my, right. my initial reaction is I want to go see what it is. Well, and uh, you seem to have a magnetism for it, right? You you seem well, to have this innateness <laughs> to be around it too, and I mean that like some people I think are just kind of predisposed, right? Um, well, I've had the one really good sighting, but I've had a number of things circling me. I've had a number of things pacing me. I've had stuff follow me in the woods, and I've had a, a several times when you get out into an area, especially at night by yourself, and the woods just go dead quiet. Yeah, that is a that's a that's a brown pants moment. <laughs> I love that term. That's a creepy feeling, for sure. Yeah. So, DA, we we do have that uh, the video that you were talking about. You don't have it on YouTube. It should be a link. Okay, gotcha. Okay, all good. So we could put a link in the description if you guys want to check out that video. Uh, as soon as the stream is over, I don't think I've seen it. I'll toss. Yeah. yeah so, anytime you guys want to use we'll clips from that, any of those videos that I've got up there, feel free. Hundred percent. Go for it. Perfect. Cool. Well, Perfect. we'll move on. Kyle probably he's a wizard. He can can like wave a magic wand and then make shit happen. So yeah, uh, that's a great thing about having a stoner in master control. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> oh, okay. He's already got it fixed. Worked out. <clears throat> So yeah, this is uh, we're calling this the beta studio right now. We're still in we're still in beta testing mode, hey, for folks, sure. Josh from All Tower Media. Oh, here. cool. Uh, hopefully you've seen me on some of DA so, shows. If not, welcome. Like really, and, DA. Uh, the, what I looked at was kind of the once quick, you start zooming in, it's really really tough to see. Um, but DA Kyle, if we could just scrub for, through uh, a bit <clears> and then just enlarge it's that. It's got a little bit of a, a stir up because what possibly could have been seen in the back. Um, and then, yeah, perfect. We're here near Table Rock Lake. You can, see the um, can you put that up on these monitors for Bub? It's the first eye shot right there if you see it. Oh, wow. So walk us through this here, Dee. Should we rewind it anymore? Out of the ordinary. Yeah, you can just let it run from here. This uh, okay, is cool. the old parking area near Table Rock Lake uh, in, the, in the Joe Bald campground. 
Uh, again, this is just shot on a, 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 a little cell phone. It was like an iPhone 7 or something like that. Okay. Um, and you know, we weren't in, we weren't down there looking to, to film a cryptid. We were just shooting a promo for my books. And if you watch when I shine my flashlight across that little little stone bridge, or the little concrete bridge, look to the tree to the left and behind that bridge. Well, you, uh, give us a shot when it happens, and maybe we can pause it too, or like get to well, where we can. It'll he'll slow it down. Like this video's edited. Yeah. Oh, it happened already. Yeah, it's already passed it. Yeah, well, just, right just, here. Just let it keep it keep it rolling. Yeah, it's this right here. I mean, it might be. I'm looking across. It's this. tough to see because it's far away. Again, yeah, it's. I'll have to investigate on it. It's not like it's super. See it move? Oh yeah, I, I did know, see something it. does. Screen. Something does move there. Like right? a little you twinkle want to look of eyes. That on a bigger image. Yeah, he's got it up on a. Now it's screen, slowed down. Have soon. To... Now watch here. And there it moves back. Can we rewind that? Hold on, just he'll keep. He has another section coming. Enhanced. Oh, okay. Now you can kind of see the enhancement that he was talking about. He, he sent this off to his friend. See how far the, the uh, you can see the hand there on the the part of the arm. How far away it is. It's clearly it's not like a bear. Whatever that is, it's pretty big. That's what I saw the other day that kind of looked like a claw or the hand with claws yeah, on I it? Yeah, I did show you this, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, I do know what you're talking about now. And so you said, did you go back to this site and estimate the height? Oh, yeah. That's where, Okay, the, that's the, where that came the from. The head would have okay. been about nine and a half feet off the ground. Gotcha. Gotcha. Again, I'm, I'm not offering this as smoking gun proof of anything. Sure, sure. We saw something weird on camera. Sure. I do see it like move it when it's zoomed man. out. You see something move. Yeah. No, and I, I think that's that's great of you to kind of point out as well, even though you're saying, yeah, I saw something, but, you know, a lot of times people, oh, I caught this or I, caught, I know it was this. I know it was that because that's what, you know, I like the the admission. Yeah, there's something weird there. Do I know what it is? No. Do I have theories on what it is? Yeah. You know, kind of go from there and well, expound upon it and keep researching. Here's a little bit of corroboration to that. Uh, about six months ago, I met a guy who has not given me permission to use his name. Uh, we're kind of in talks to get him to come on the show, but it's probably going to be one of those those fritzed out, you know, Anonymous pixelated images like that, or, or in shadows. Yeah, he's telling me yeah. a story. He said, "I, I want to tell you something. I want, I want to know what it is." I said, "I don't. I, I've been racking my brain." He said, "I was at a friend's house. My car wouldn't start, so I had to borrow his car to come home." Um, he said, so I'm driving down this road, and I see something darting between houses. And uh, he said, well, first I thought it was a dog, but then it darted out into the road ahead of me, stood up, and attacked my car. It, it attacked the car he was driving, did a couple thousand dollars worth of damage to the car. He finally gunned it and got away from it. He said it was, it was black, it was upright, it looked like a dog, but it stood up. What is that? And I said, well, it sounds like a dog, man. I said, where did this happen? He goes, on Joe Bald Road, just down from the old campground. Come mm -hmm. on. Joe Bald Road, there you go. Absolutely serious. <coughs> there you go, bub. That's crazy. I love it. And I was like, holy crap, seriously? So did like, you yeah, kind of discuss then? Down there. Yeah, did you discuss your... Yeah, we talked your... about it quite a bit. 
Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So is there kind of a heavy presence there, or is this the two encounters that... Are there stories going back place. millennia? Are there stories going back... Generations, to, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. I've talked to locals in the area, and again, it happens one of two ways. Either they, they they say, oh, no, no, I've never had anything like that. Or the other other end is people that say, well, if you go down there at night, you better be careful what you run into because you may not like it. Right. Um, they don't come so out you, and say it. Two, but... two schools down there. Yeah. Uh, the Ozarks have a rich history of Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think a lot of, uh, of early dogman sightings uh, from people. Uh, were at, were labeled as Bigfoot sightings because they didn't know what else to call it. I mean, mm, what, you know, what else is running around the woods that's big and covered in big, the air? Dark, There's yeah. a lot of Bigfoot stories about saying they had a snout. Uh, well, so we're not even knowing not about Dogman, you know, to and then, be honest. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. And then you get into the differences between digitigrade and plantigrade feet. Yeah. And, uh, digitigrade. And then you start, no, you start hearing those. Yeah. It's a great term. Yeah, we I just, love that term. We, well, I've never seen it. Well, digitigrade is like know. a like a dog's back leg. Yep, uh, yep. It's a it's how the it's got the paw and kind of got the hawk's leg with yes. the knee bending backwards. Uh, plantigrade are like our feet or like that a bigfoot. Um, you know, plantigrade feet are you know typical human feet, but digitigrade yeah. are more like dog like or cat like. Gotcha, gotcha. Da, didn't you have a story about like a noise that when something like stood up? Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've taken numerous accounts and even watched a few on documentaries uh, where people that had dogman sightings said that they initially approached on all fours. And just before they stood up, they heard a popping sound and they likened it to somebody cracking their knuckles. Damn. Have you ever seen Only, the movie? To me, it seems like the, the, the hands are, are changing changing perspective like their paws on all fours and they they remote they change their hand morphology to open it up but if you look at the like a skeletal view of a dog's paw the the dog's toes are folded in like this and it runs on its paws like that it almost looks like it could extend them to be figure fingers but they're not designed to open that far oh wow gotcha. it reminds me of the movie underworld with the uh vampires and the lichens or the werewolves mm -hmm. when they transform in their you can kind of hear all these different tendons and bones popping and crunching into place right. of, oh, that's crazy. So you've had witnesses tell you, yep, that's what we heard when mm -hmm. they were like morphing into the dog man. And when they were wow. standing up. <clears throat> wow. Now, so, could that be their back popping or their legs popping as they stood up? Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Um, could it be the, the paws changing morphology? That's my theory. But again, it's a theory. Sure, um, sure. Folk, remind one thing that everybody needs to bear in mind is there are no experts in this field. Right. All we have is theory. Right. And anybody that's listening, you guys, you know, anybody that's out there, your theory is just as valid as anything I've come up with. Because right. we don't know until we right. get one to study. You know, we don't know. Right. No. And that's, a, again, great points to make, you know, to encourage people to, to speak up and, you know, keep I'm their sure eyes open, their ears sightings open. Oh, yeah. out there. People, people don't talk. They don't want to talk about this stuff. Some people don't. No. I mean, they have everything to lose and nothing to gain. Um, I'm already known as that guy, so I think I would probably talk about it. Oh, yeah. yeah, for well, sure. The, the history on these, these creatures dates way back before anybody knew the, the term dog let's, man. Let's dog talk man about is the more story. recent yeah, let, term. Okay. okay. Let's, let's go into some of the history, DA, because I didn't want to gloss... I didn't want to dig too far into it because I know you had said that you had a lot more. Uh, you you've done some digging, um, and primarily, mm -hmm. you know, all over the place, but but specifically in the United States is, um, 
you know, I'd be interested to hear how far does this go back, DA? Right. Right. Well, you know, you've got the the werewolf legends that date back to, to medieval Europe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the Beast of Gévaudan in, in France that killed over 100 people. Oh, yeah. Um, so there were werewolf history down through the down through the centuries. Now, does that mean Dogman changes shapes or was the werewolf legend something they came up with to explain these creatures? Right. I think I think it's the it's latter. more of that. I yep. think, you know, I think people you know would see these creatures and would assume that it was a man that somehow became the wolf. Well, uh, trying and... to, you know, incorporating Transylvanian lore. Yeah. Uh, but the, 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 these creatures, the sightings of these things go farther back than people realize. Of course, we've got the, the references from ancient Egypt. We've got Anubis and his brother yes. Wepawet, who had the head of a wolf. Absolutely. Of course, the Egyptian gods, you know, they had gods with heads of all kinds of things. But that's some of the earliest known references to a dogman type creature. Uh, both Christopher Columbus and Marco Polo in their journals described seeing dog headed creatures in their journeys. They saw them that's... on islands. Uh, yeah, both you know it's there. The I mean, you can find it. Uh, Catholic iconography: the, the Catholic Saint Saint Christopher is known as the dog-headed saint. Hmm. Uh, I mean, a lot of icons of uh, Catholic origin would show him with the head of a dog. Uh, it, supposedly, after he performed his first miracle, he was cured and and became a human. But in the earliest versions of, Ca- of Saint Christopher, he's got the head of a dog. Wow. Then hmm. the, the condition where you've got I've a humanoid body with a creature with the with, I'm sorry. What I said I just never I never heard that before about Saint Christopher. Bub and I grew up Catholic. Um yeah. and I know Saint Christopher you wear the you put the medallion mm-hmm. in your car for protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like your mom when you got Patriot your license. Like, yeah. Yes. So that, I'd say I never the heard do- the story. That's interesting. Up. Well our religion um, teachers never told us. I would have been more you interested. Got, uh, you got your phone on you, correct? Yes. Okay, go to Google Images and put in St. Christopher. DA, were you going to say that that combination was a chimera? Technically, yes. Anything that has the... uh, the uh, combinations of, of features of more than one animal is technically a chimera. Um, but, you know, we're looking at something that goes back even farther uh, than, than, you know, our, our, our ability to blend two animals genetically. Right. Um, the earliest references that we know of in history, not just counting mythology, the earliest references we know in history refer to, to the, something having the, the body of a human or oh, humanoid. And the head of the head of a dog, the condition is called cynocephaly. It basically means, you know, having the head of a dog. Uh, where that term comes from, uh, both the Greeks and the Romans encountered dog-headed creatures and fought them. Uh, they referred to them as the cynocephalus. They were encountered in, encountered in northern Africa and in India. Uh, the Romans and the Greeks documented these creatures that they had actually fought wars against them. Wow. I, I did mean, you find I'm the picture of, of uh, St. Christopher? I did. I'm kind of speechless. I'm going to paste it in our, our chat thread. So if it goes back that far to Greek and Roman history. And it's in the mm-hmm. Dogman episode. Why or how does that get? Go I on. mean, is it just like anything that's kind of good in history where they're like, you know, that doesn't fit our narrative. We don't really want to discuss that. I Googled early well, St. Christopher know, they, images. I, I'm not sure why information like this would be suppressed. 
I, I think yeah. there's a there's a vested interest in people not knowing these things are out there. Uh, of course, you'd have you know people that would want to go out and hunt them. Of course, we you know already have people that are cryptid investigators now. Sure. But you'd have some guy that wanted to go out and shoot one and strap it to the hood of his Chevy and drive it through town. Yeah. Uh, you're just going to have people that are going to get themselves killed because these things really aren't to be trifled with. Um, how far down the, down the rabbit hole would you like to go? Oh, there it is. I mean, I just had a crazy thought that. Hold like, on, Bob, okay. check this out. Kyle's putting it up right now. That looks uh, like a cool. He doesn't uh, you have know it what? live yet. That's the one I found, Kyle. Right My there. mom would actually approve of that tattoo. She couldn't argue that. That'd I'd be, be like, it's totally legit. Yeah, the Catholics. I might get Thank that. For the dog-headed That's saint. a wild image, bro. I might go that route. It looks like my dog. This is kind of blowing my mind. Kind of looks like my dog, Ruby. And that, that, is, that is Catholic iconography. Totally. I mean, this is like when they, before the Renaissance, this is like, what, 1400s, 1300s? This is old. Hmm. Oh, my. Here. Some of the first known sightings of a dogman type creature in the United States were sighted by French trappers in the Kentucky and, and Tennessee river valleys. Uh, and when they encountered them, they referred to them as the loop guru, which is the French word for werewolf. But they were seeing mm. dog headed creatures in the late 1600s in Tennessee and Kentucky. Wow. wow. Look at that. So here, here's my. Consp- that's crazy. Here's my conspiratorial <laughs> take on this DA. You know, they, they officially say. No, there's nothing out there, Dogman, Sasquatch, etc. Knowing full well they are out there, and I'm going right. to just maybe put a, a, a sorry, Dogman, all I've heard is bad stories about you. What <laughs> if that's because every now and then Dogman needs to snatch somebody up and they need some willing, unsuspecting, non-Dogman believer out there, you know, spilling a, spilling a, a, a mocha on themselves and getting all nice and tasty for Dogman and just waiting, and then they're like, hey... <laughs> Whew, we made it another year. There's all those idiots that don't know you're not supposed to go out at night in dark places by yourself in the woods. Like, what well, I mean, like I was saying, how far do you history. want to go down the rabbit hole? I, I all mean, the way. I want to know if okay. there's an end. I want to know if there's a bottom. All right, here we go. This is a. You're, this is going to require a little bit of tinfoil on your on your part. So, gotcha. Put your tinfoil hats on. I'm and ready. Run with me here. Gotcha. I'm ready. This is lined internally. There we go. One of the earliest known <laughs> stories that we have of a Sasquatch killing someone was recorded in Teddy Roosevelt's book, The Wilderness Hunter. It's called The Bowman oh, Incident, Teddy. where was, two trappers went out and one of them was killed by a Bigfoot creature and the other one basically abandoned all of his equipment and fled. Here's the thing. And I've talked to a lot of people and they agree with me on this. Back then, you, these mountain men and hillbillies I, I, I grew up around people people that, that hunted and, and trapped and fished in the backwoods. You don't get the level of detail that Teddy Roosevelt got in that story, like how the traps were placed, the type of the type of trees around the camp. You don't get that level of detail. They're like, yeah, I was camping and this is what I saw. You get a pretty bare bones, straightforward version of story from most hillbillies. They don't go into hyperbole. They don't go into descriptions like a writer. Right. Now, what this leads me to believe is that Bauman was actually a young Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt. However, hmm. he had political aspirations and didn't want to go on record say, saying, I saw a monster in the woods and I can't explain it. So I'm, I'm firmly believe that, that the Bauman incident was about Teddy himself when he was a young man. We know for a fact he was a big game hunter. We know for a fact he prowled the backwoods of the, of the United States and even went on safaris in Africa. The dude was a dedicated hunter. And, you know, 
was was you know, was quite successful at it. So if you can accept that, if that my little bit of tinfoil there, if you can accept the fact that Bauman very possibly could have been Teddy Roosevelt. Sure. Now we're about to really jump down this rabbit this hole. This could be the first conspiracy theory of cryptid. I, I, I like the earliest conspiracy. So, real quick you know, question: I just assume, before, so this you, was a a collection of stories. Yeah, you can still order it on Amazon. It's called The Wilderness Hunter. It okay. was written by Teddy Roosevelt when he was still a young man. But he mm-hmm. included anybody's story, not just his no, own. No, no, no. He included there were stories about him hunting with the exception of the Bauman incident. So that's the only story he included that wasn't his story. Right, that wasn't Te- about a, a known quote, animal. Quote unquote. Well, what I'm saying is right. where it was this Bauman was the the um, the, the, subject or the, 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 the trapper the that main character. It wasn't about Teddy himself, right? But every the, other story so referenced Teddy. The level Teddy. of detail ba- that what? that Bauman gave Teddy Roosevelt is just it, it had. It was only something that somebody could have experienced. It's did not anybody ever know this Bauman? Get. Yeah. Did anybody ever uh, know no, this Bauman? No, Bauman was never never identified. We don't even know his first name. Oh, then I I 100% agree with you. Why would that story a get into that book? B, who are you to Teddy Roosevelt, right? Like, right. But at the time, maybe Teddy wasn't thinking of that or thought, you know, nobody will ever be able to find Teddy's, this guy because he doesn't exist. Teddy still had political aspirations. Yeah. Right. So, okay, flat, if you can accept that as an established fact, let's say yeah. Teddy Roosevelt was Bauman. Okay. I'll go with you if, there. If you're ready on to jump on that horse with me, <laughs> let's flash forward. I'm in. President Teddy Roosevelt, okay? Teddy's in the Oval Office. What's one of the first things Teddy does as president? Establishes the national parks. Bing, 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 give that man a prize. He created the National Park Service, cordoning off millions of acres of land that we're still not allowed full access to today. Right Now, you look at the national parks today and couple that with the the missing 411 cases of so many people in the national parks. Jesus. So, Bob loves, loves the. Okay, now we're in. Side note: He was supposed to be at CryptidCon apparently this last weekend, yeah. and I just about. I was fairly sad because I am. Yeah, this is quite Bob. a big fan of of Politis's work. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of missing four one one books. Yeah, I really am. Yeah. Okay, it's but if you compelling. If, if you look at that. If Teddy, if Teddy Roosevelt knew about cryptids, then created the National Park Service, and to now we've got them. so many people going missing in national parks. Another great thing is if you oh, – I wish I, wish I had thought I'd sent you the image before. If you take uh, the – and you can Google this too in image searches. Uh, look at uh, the what what uh, the David Pilates missing 411 clusters. If you Google the map of the missing 411 clusters right. and then Google the map of known U.S. cave systems, they correspond almost exactly. Yeah, they lay on top of each other pretty closely, don't they? I mm-hmm. mean, almost a mirror image. Like Mammoth right. Cave. Like and, watching water go down exactly. a drain. Exactly. <sighs> yep. Wow. I mean, the Cumberland region so of I, Tennessee. So I'm a firm believer. Yosemite's in, you, huge. You, you, I, you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise. I am a firm believer that the one, the U.S. government has known about these creatures for a very long time. Okay. They have now a vested in. interest in keeping us in the dark about their their uh, their their existence. But why? And, and, what is the? I don't understand why. What, okay. what is that? Maybe maybe we don't have the upper so hand. So people don't run out there and kill them all. Who knows? Or I mean, try to. People are already hunting them and trying to find them. I think. 
the reason they don't want to admit it, the reason they've never been allowed to come to light, is because admitting their existence would contradict the Bible. Jesus, Puritan beliefs. That's it. In many ways, they we have are to still admit a... we're not the only intelligent creation. Well, I mean, what we know, you know, the the Hobbit man, uh, Ebensis Floriensis, and and these mm-hmm. these different hominids, they're finding them all the time. You know, yeah. the island of Flores, the the Hawaiian Hobbit man, that you know, there's tons, of, there's all these different small hominids that are now all of a sudden, hey, these were around. But there's stories of the Orang Pandek. Have you guys heard of a a book called Them and Us by Danny Vendramini? No. Fantastic book. You guys guys should check it out. Danny Vendramini took a new approach at the look of um, Neanderthal man. Um, The early, uh, when they first started finding the bones of Neanderthal man, the British Museum did the physical reconstructions. And they made them look very humanoid, you know, human-like. Uh, almost like you could put one in a suit, clean him up, and almost ignore him when he walks by you on the street. Vendramini did a forensic reconstruction of the of the Neanderthal skulls, much as the the way they would uh, find a skull in a like in a park or someone, and they will do a forensic reconstruction of the skull and give you a very good approximation of what the person looked like. Right. Vendramini did that with modern technology to a Neanderthal skull, and what they came up with is freaking terrifying. It looks like a modern Sasquatch. Can we Google this? Yeah, Denny Vandermini, Them and Us. Them and Us. The book's called yeah. Them and Us, How Neanderthal Predation Shaped Modern Man. And then he's got images of, say that again? Them and Us. The, the book's called Them and Us predation. by Danny Vandermini. Yeah. I think Kyle's looking into it. Wow. That'd be cool. So basically what you're saying is... Well, I guess my question would be, were Neanderthals that tall? Some were. Yeah, I mean, you have like the Denis- the Denisovans are a big hot Denisovans. topic right now. Um, right, but I'm just saying the, if they are Sasquatch-like or look like you – know, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is are they the I think the point progenitors is that, of Sasquatch or Sasquatch Neanderthals? I think they're descendants. Descendants. They were, they were ancestors of. Okay, there you okay, go. Danny Venderman. All right. And yeah, then. there's uh there's some other images if you're doing the Google search. Uh, yeah. that just shows the side of the head there, but if you see some of the full body reconstructions. Uh them and us put in them and us photos from book. Let's see if that. Maybe it's a safely or a closely guarded secret. Uh, no, right there you've got the, on the, on the, some of the possibilities, the, the dark colored one in the middle there. Well, you can see kind of a side by side of the heads there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why it's not bringing up the images for you guys. Yeah, it's the book cover. It's a fascinating book. It really is. <clears throat> there you go. That's, okay. Oh, there, oh, full go down, on go the face. right. What about that? Put bottom right. Is that it? There you go. What? Hmm. That's the reconstruction. Mm-hmm. That one there? That's a drawing. That's a drawing. Yeah, I'm a saying drawing. the one he had up the 
the the image image just a moment ago. Interesting. Hmm. So maybe Sasquatch. are you guys familiar with the uncanny valley theory? No. Let's hear that. Nope. Yeah, bring it on. The uncanny valley theory was a psychological study that was conducted over like 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 twenty or thirty years. Uh, scientists, uh, psychologists interviewed people from all walks of life, all across the planet, from every possible you know ethnic background and and different different uh, or, origins, like a uh, you know the the Indian plateau, you know people from Asia. Literally, people from all over the world were interviewed for for this for this study, and they came up with something they what they refer to as the uncanny valley theory. It doesn't matter where their their ancestors were or originated from, what part of the planet, which continent doesn't matter. Every human on this planet has a primitive, almost genetic memory fear of things yep. that look almost like us in the dark. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you shut off your bedroom light and that pile of laundry in the chair suddenly looks almost human and you get that, that, that oh crap, turn the light on and oh, it's yeah, just closed. Yeah, we see faces. Every human has a fear of something that looks almost like us in the dark, which leads, you know, begs the question, what point in our history did something that looked very similar to a human, when did it hunt us? Hmm. When will we pray? Right. When were we battling other hominids? And if you look at the missing 411 cases, we may still be. <coughs> That's in. Excuse me. That's interesting because, again, back to that, you so know, you, it's kind of like your deer story. You're talking about going hunting and, you know, just up and snapped it up. And that's, you know, a big 12-point buck and – there's nothing that's dragging that off of, uh, you know, a normal unless somebody from the Arnold Classic is just wandering through the forest. Yeah, oh, there's a deer. I need to move. You're like, no, it doesn't happen. According right. to NAM US, uh, which is the the National Association of Missing Persons or something, I can't remember the, the acronym, but NAM yeah. US. According to NAM US, six hundred thousand people go missing in the United States every year. Yeah, that, that's an amazing number. I'm That's sure a lot of those number. are recovered. They talk about that. A lot of them were, them. you know, were were people that just, you know, didn't yeah, show totally. up, show up to work for a few days. But there's still a tremendous number of people that go missing with zero explanation and are never found. Well, yeah, and it's interesting too when Politis does his, you know, cases that he pulls for the 411, um, the certain episodes that I've watched or, you know, just kind of hearing his checklist that he has. You know, there's certain requirements to make it into – Whatever right. case it's not just some guy that broke at. his ankle and they found his body. Right. It's, it, they have to go under missing under a very specific set of circumstances. And right. two things about David Pilates really stand out to me. Number one are the cases where tracking dogs refuse to track. Now, I have worked with tracking dogs in my okay. law enforcement career. I have worked with dogs that are trained to track people. Those dogs live for the track. Oh, yeah. They are just... That's, that's what they live for. They, they, they cannot wait to get out and chase something. Um, that, that's, that's, that's their whole personality. That's their whole reason for being. They love the track. Now, for one of those dogs to get on the scent of something and lay down and go, nope, I'm out, that is 100% out of character. Have you Does ever seen that happen? Hmm. No, have you ever I've seen never it? seen that happen. Never personally? Okay. I've, just... I've never personally seen it happen. Gotcha. Uh, those dogs just can't wait to get on the track. And for dogs to do that is just mind blowing to me. And the other thing that really, really sets it, sets it apart is the missing 411, the hunters, hunters who were armed, were familiar with the area, had hunted in many cases, hunted that area for decades. 
and just go missing without a trace. Um, I've talked to, heck, one of my co-hosts, Anthony Canatella, uh, I've talked to a lot of hunters hunters over the years who have had a Bigfoot or a creature like that in the sights or in the scope of the rifle and didn't take the shot because they said it looked too human. Right. I think the missing 411 hunters took the shot. Hmm. So, okay, uh, to that note, the first story from that uh, movie, nobody heard a shot, but they said they heard a noise. And a couple right. of them said it sounded almost like a big trap closing. I think the hunter was maybe in his 70s or 80s. Like, the guy's not wandering off on his own. Yeah. You know, the search that they laid down for him and the way that they explained how they did their bump lines and the graph and how they were like, we covered every square inch. Where does where does where did that person go? You know what I mean? Like, did yeah. Sasquatch? And I wonder. You know, there's no prints in the ground. There's no. There's. You know, it's like they literally just vanished into a hole. Yeah, that's, that's what's so that's creepy why. about the four one one to me is. I mean, it's well that and they're, yeah, they're a lot of those a lot of those four one one cases are just defy logic. Yeah, uh, well, there's like, people uh, in the case of uh, some missing kids they found miles away up on a bluff right. with no shoes and socks on and mm-hmm. his feet were clean. How did a toddler right. get that far? There's no yeah. physical way that kid could have climbed that mountain. And what about the guy that just totally went missing when he was in eyesight of the whole hunting party and then all of a sudden he's gone. They find his boots down by the stream one day. Oh. Then they find another piece of his clothing the next day. No, but that like wasn't there before. Years apart. Right. Yeah, like they just found just random things. Do you guys remember the story about the toddler, I want to say? He was a, maybe two or three, somewhere around there, went missing for a couple of days or maybe a lot of hours. The kids from North and they Carolina. Were, yeah. Do you, you remember what, what he said? Mm-hmm. He said the uh, the bear took care of him, fed him berries, and kept him warm. Bear don't do that, yeah, especially this in February. This just happened if within that, the last five years, right? Uh, it was in 2019, I believe it was. Uh, this this kid w- disappeared from his home uh, three days later. And this is in February too. He's in the in the mountains of North Carolina, uh, so it's getting cold at night. Like right, oh you know, yeah, down in single digits. Uh, they find the kid three days later, and the kid said that he had been been uh, been taken by a bear who took care of him and fed him berries. I don't know about you, but assuming the bear was not hibernating in February, it's going to be hungry. There's no bear wouldn't pass up on an easy meal. Yeah. It would bear be, don't do that. And would not give you berries. They would eat the berries, then right. eat you. I'll tell you what, that kid's on a and watch list. To this until... day, the parents still won't let the kid be, won't let the kid be interviewed. Um, but what else would a three-year-old have to reference? You know, kid, the right. three-year-old's never heard of Bigfoot. You know, you know the right. only thing he can think of that's big and hairy is a bear. So the kid wow. said a bear took care of him. I'm telling you, when that kid gets old enough, watch out for some kind of documentary. That's why I wild. guarantee. I could see that. I would of... love to be the one to sit down and talk to him, get his oh, story. Man. But then again, it you know, if he's 18, 19 years old, you know, what what's what's his memory going to have of three of being three years old? Right. I mean, I've only got yeah. broken memories of when I was that young. Right. Huh. That's insane. And he probably heard his entire life that it was just a bear. And he's going, what can I tell you? It was just a bear. Yeah, you have nothing else to reference it against. You know, right. like It's closest thing it looked like was a bear. I've never heard the term Sasquatch. Now, it would be very cool to, to have that kid placed under hip, hypnosis. Yeah. And hear what he describes. Yeah, see what he pulls back. Um, so do you, you think some of these could be dogman 
as well. I mean, Dogman's a, a right. lot more aggressive. I don't think Dogman's um, feeding you berries. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying that <laughs> story. But some of these missing Unless 401 cases. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Some if of you're them. skinny, eat this. <laughs> I think the ones where they appear alive just like whatever, months later or years later, which which is, is, is bizarre. But, you know, maybe those are Sasquatch. The ones that never come back. Talk Could be missing. a dogman creature. Just people in general that are going well, missing in national oh, sure, forests. Sure. Yeah. Native American lore is full of stories of Bigfoot and other creatures coming into their camp and stealing people. Yeah. And there was even a case uh, from the Pacific Northwest of a young girl, like 16 years old, uh, who was abducted by uh, what they refer to as stick Indians. A large, hairy creature carried her off. She stumbles back into camp six months later, pregnant. Jeez. <laughs> when she I had mean, the baby, it was deformed. It didn't live long, but she stumbled really? back into camp after being abducted by one of those things. Really? Because, I mean, I've, I've listened to enough Native stories. Native American lore is full of stories like that. Yeah. I've heard enough stories on the Sasquatch Chronicles. I don't know if you ever listened to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about, you know, male and female Sasquatches as well, you know, and like, Mm-hmm. A couple of the different stories I've heard on there, I can't say which ones in particular, but um, I can't remember if there were hunters that actually did shoot and kill them. And they were like, you know, we buried him because we were so freaked out by it. We thought we killed a person. He said he right. would take the host and show him if they could go there and like, you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you there, but I'm not going to tell anybody where we're going. Mm. But you, you right. wonder too. And I, I like what you said earlier too. Hunters, because that's what really got me into they know believing they in know. Bigfoot was right. that's what you do. You're out in that woods looking for, is that a deer? Is that a this? Is that a – can I shoot right. that? Can I hunt that? Is it going to try to steal my hunt? Is it going to mess me with I'm in my stand? Et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, you are really like this biological computer out there waiting, right? And you're analyzing all this data. So you get really good at categorizing. You really get you know good at, at – at, uh, taking in shapes and sounds and I, I think some of the most reliable witnesses because of that right and so that's why again back with the hunted from politis and just all the different stories i've heard from hunters and seeing bigfoot i mean it really i started i was like there there has to be something to this because nobody really like i always say is nobody really wants to go to work and you know tell everybody hey i saw bigfoot or you know go on a tv show or a podcast right. yeah because you can say fun. that that's where i'm at you just have nowhere else to go with it so you're like I got to talk about this. I, um, I, one thing I find the most interesting about when you start talking about cryptid encounters, um, I can tell you from my law enforcement career, I've seen people go to prison for life on eyewitness testimony. But when you start, start talking cryptids, eyewitness testimony is suddenly no good. Worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got credible sources. It's not just, you know, like, like the old joke about the, the guy wearing no T-shirt and a pair of bibbed overalls with one strap undone. Yeah, I saw Sasquatch and he stole my chickens and he was joining up through the woods yeah. with my chickens. Right. It's not that anymore. No, You're getting lawyers no. and judges and doctors and right. people right. from all walks of life, credible right. sources coming forward, people with things to lose for telling their story. There we go. And, That's and Mike, what I mean. Micah Hanks talked about. All the forest rangers and forestry service That was people. interesting, yeah. He had a whole presentation about all the – Yeah, Yellowstone in particular. The through um, – what, what was that called? The through fair? The, there was a the, certain range of mountains where this one – The thoroughfare. Thoroughfare, that might have been it. Yeah. 
one range of mountains where one it's like of a the valley in between rangers used to frequent often and he would see you know would see sasquatch basically down in these valleys and stuff you know like running around the trees and running through the valley and stuff like that but you know he's, he's again he's in the national parks he's way back in this remote section right. of land that nine times not nine times but 99 out of 100 or 999 out of a thousand times nobody's there nobody knows about it's it deep. the only reason he patrols it is for you know that kind of uh wild thorn of a hunter or somebody that's like you know i'm gonna go camp out there for a while and just hunt and go off grid type thing you know you still have to kind of mm-hmm. keep an eye out for that i'm sure and, and poaching but uh you know it's also the person you know perfect kind of environment that's preserved and natural and i mean my god you want to talk about how big some of those parks are i mean granted they're the u.s is still by far and large not green spaces like that but you get into those parks and they are millions of Immense. acres i mean even up in alaska well, and if Denali, you look at lbl and, specifically Okay. Uh, and it's not as big as, say, Yellowstone or anything like that. But if you look at LBL specifically, there are uh, at least this year alone, I think there's like 13 or 14 people that have gone missing in the north end of the park. Really? In the south end of LBL um, is where you get more Bigfoot sightings. And according to the Choctaw, Bigfoot and Dogmen don't get along. They fought wars over resources, uh, over hunting grounds. Uh, but wow. right smack in the middle of LBL. And see, here you go. See if you can explain this one to me. Right smack in the middle of LBL, the Park Service reintroduced both elk and wood bison, and you're not allowed to hunt them. Wow. Wait, what? why would they introduce them? What do you mean? For food. Yeah. Why would you introduce large yeah. game animals? For food. Yeah. That you're not allowed to hunt. Now, we had wilderness. We had eastern, uh, the eastern bison in Ohio that would range coming up from Kentucky, from the mountains. And the trail of the eastern buffalo stopped like a few miles from Serpent Mound. And that was the last buffalo in, in Ohio was like in the early 1800s. So these woodland buffalo are interesting because we think of buffalo, these uh, bison as these out west in the big Great Plains. But there were smaller woodland bison all over the place. Oh, And that went extinct not that long ago. So that's what he's talking about is these kind of smaller uh, woodland buffalo and that's a lot of that's a lot of prey well what in well in southeastern south missouri down near eminence missouri they reintroduced elk uh, and mm. the populations exploded it's to the point where they're getting ready to allow limited hunts they got a call but coincidentally that same area where they reintroduced elk is where we're now getting a lot of bigfoot and dogman sightings coming out of that area really mm-hmm have you interviewed anybody down there recently or have you guys taken any? Okay. One of the better stories I got uh, was a Bigfoot story. Uh, and I really always liked this story. Uh, it was some, some college guys from uh, Missouri state and they went camping out in the Mark Twain national forest and had a fire and their campground set up and being college guys doing what college guys do in the woods, they were drinking. Well, one of the guys decides he's got to take a leak and he gets up and he stumbles out of camp and he goes and finds himself a tree and leans against it and he's taking a leak. Well, he starts getting pelted with pine cones while he's peeing. And he's like, knock it off, you assholes. You know, I'm trying to pee. Leave me alone. So he goes back into camp and they're all there. He's like, which one of you idiots was out there throwing pine cones at me? They're like, well, none of us. We didn't leave camp. He's like, one of you jackasses was was behind this, this bush out here throwing pine cones at me. They're like, 
we're telling you, none of us left camp. And he's like, well, I'll show you. So they follow him back out there, finds the exact tree, see the puddle of urine, and the bush is gone. Wow. It wasn't a bush. It was just a big, solid something that was there. Yeah, something crouched down was hitting him with pine cones. Oh, my God. Damn. I said, what'd you guys do? He said, we packed up and we got the hell out of there. Yep. I would, I would assume so. I would imagine I you would start getting to... everybody around and you're going, who did it? And everybody's like, no, no, we didn't. Like, if I'm the guy taking a whiz and I know I just got hit by pine cones and we're in a remote area camping, yeah, that's enough for me. I'm good. I don't Bottle care if it was Sasquatch or not. The Mark Twain National Forest. Okay. The Mark Twain National Forest is like 2.8 million acres of unbroken yep. uh, unbroken forest. Yep. It's it's a massive area of wilderness, and there's a lot of stories coming out of there. Even uh, some I haven't been able to confirm because I haven't been able to get there myself. Uh, I wasn't told the exact location, but there were some guys who reported in the Mark Twain finding some of those trees that have been uprooted and shoved back in the ground. Territorial oh, I've heard markers. about that. Oh, yeah. Wow. I want to go see them for myself, but I have not been able to chase down the guy that reported it and, and get him to tell me exactly where it's at. I want to get a GPS coordinate and go there. And so do you, are you, I mean, are you getting contacted through the NADP? Is that how you're getting these um, encounters and, and tales or are you just... We'll get stories that, that people will send into the... Uh, submit to, to the website. To submit to the website. And because I've got a podcast and we talk about cryptids all the time, yeah. uh, I always put my email out there and you know, I've got a P.O. box set up too. Where if you want to reach out to me and you want to remain anonymous, I'll read your account. We'll keep your name out of it. So we're always you know, telling people on the show that if you've got an encounter, send it in. So right. I get encounters fairly regularly. Um, and Nick I just want to say... actually gets uh, more than I do. I just want to say DA's website, daroberts.net. So that there you can Go find... Go check it out. Yeah, you can find DA... Um, DA's on Instagram as well. Uh, DA Roberts mm -hmm. author. Um, and then he has a YouTube channel and then, uh, there's some information ab about DA on the, uh, national, uh, sorry, North American dog, dogmanproject.com. Um, but where else can they find you DA? What's the best way to reach uh, your I'm website? Yeah. Through the website or you yep. can email me at DA Roberts at DA Roberts.net. Um, of course, I, you know, all my social media, just like you said, all of my social media is set up at D.A. Roberts Author, uh, just to simplify things. So it doesn't matter if you're on Facebook, you know, Twitter, whatever you're trying to find me on, at D.A. Roberts Author will find it. Um, but all of my books are available through Amazon. You can find them all on, on, on uh, my website as well. I've got 27 books currently in print and wow. uh, looking to add to number 28 to it here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so just wow, constantly man. working, you Kudos, know, doing man. research. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, when you uh, release that new book, uh, love to have you on the show. Talk about it. Heck yeah. You, you can start. Uh, I've got a series called Codename Wild Hunt. And you guys, have, I'm sure you guys heard the stories just like I did uh, of uh, various places. Like people would have Sasquatch, people going missing and have dangerous Sasquatch or dogman. And, and, and suddenly, for no reason, military units would show up. Yes. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about stories. that. I wanted to ask you about some of those some of that stuff. Well, I, I, I the put government. together the, the theory that there is actually a military team out there, that oh. that's what they do. They get okay. called in when these things get aggressive. Kind of like a man um, in black and, type situation for right. cryptids. SWAT well, like team in the for Dennis the Martin case. Right. In the Dennis Martin case where the kid was abducted in the missing 411, this was in the Appalachians. 
military unit showed up without being called. Um, there, there were the the incident where the family of four was allegedly killed in the LBL. Military units showed up there as well without hmm. being called. Um, there are t- missing 411 cases where a special forces teams show up to help with search and rescue. That doesn't happen. That's, right. that's not part of right. their, their ballywick. This, you know, military special forces don't get called in because some guy went missing in the park. Right. Uh, the fact that these guys keep showing up leads me to believe they know something more is going on. You know, that, that's why this military unit showed up. So it kind of led me to believe that there's there's a team out there that that is what they do. They hunt dangerous cryptids. So yeah, my books I write my books are all horror slash fiction. Uh, I am planning some some nonfiction books about cryptids, uh, but I, I've always enjoyed writing horror horror and and that's you know, kind of the, kind of my uh, my wheelhouse. Nice. Uh, but so I created this book series called Codename Wild Hunt about a team about a military team that that's what they do. They Dude. go hunt these dangerous creatures. Yes. So that I, sounds cool. right, I, I, I released the first book. It's called Codename Wild Hunt: Odin's Call. Uh, and, and there are multiple teams that, that get sent to different parts of the country. Uh, after I released that book, I've got I've, I've got a lot of friends that are still in the Special Forces community. I'm ex-Army, but I've got a lot of buddies that are still in the community. And right after I released that book, I got a phone call from one of them, and I won't say who he is because he might get in trouble. But he's like, hey, brother, um, got a question for you. I'm like, what's that? He goes, where are you getting your intel? I'm like, what do you mean, where am I getting my intel? <laughs> He said, uh, that book you just released, he says, you made a few people nervous. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, there's a few people wondering where you're getting your intel. You mind sharing with me? I'm like, dude, I just made it up. I just, I, I, I looked at the, looked at the available public stories and just took it to the next, next logical conclusion. And I right. assumed there was a team out there. He goes, well, basically you pulled a Tom Clancy. You made some folks nervous. So don't be surprised if you don't get a few people listening to your phone calls for a while. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Because basically you're kind of hitting the nail on the head or getting close enough of saying There's teams out there that are well look at like look at look contacting at uh, people. Look at Bigelow out at Skinwalker mm-hmm. Ranch with NIDS. Wasn't mm-hmm. that funded by taxpayers' dollars? Yeah, they were yeah, the funded US government from, funded a lot of that. Right. So there's another kind of admission of it as well of like kind of have a government Ghostbusters, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I mean, there's the eight it. there's the eight tip program. There's why wouldn't there be a team of special forces dudes? I mean, you got to have some pretty badass dudes if you're going to send these guys down in the woods with these like. They have to be a tier foot, one unit. Much like they would have to be pretty. Or, yeah, I mean, who yeah, else is right. going to have well like, or the ability to track something and have the gear and the tech? Yeah. To you know, and and let's Dulcy. get real quick before we this has been that a, route. This has been an awesome yeah. episode, by yeah. the way. DA yeah. is crushing it. Yeah. This has been so fun. But I just wanted to Thanks, put guys. another. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Another quick layer of tinfoil hat over what we've already discussed. Another layer? One connection I've always thought about. We're talking about missing 411. Yeah. DA brought up all the cave systems, Hollow yeah. Earth, Inner Earth. Is there some connection with. They're disappearing. Where are they going? If they're in these tunnels, well, is there some sort of like inner sanctuary to Agartha or the Hollow Earth or you know the the, the, the journey to the center of the Earth type shit? I don't know. I don't necessarily no think bodies. that the Earth itself is hollow with like a second sun, but no, I think no, there I are massive that. cave systems that probably have some sort of bioluminescence for light. 
Um, sure. Some some of the cave explorers that have, explore, have been exploring like the mammoth cave systems. One thing people don't realize is I used to be an amateur spelea, a spelunker, um, amateur speleologist, so to speak. <laughs> but I used to do that all the time with my buddies. And we would go find some of these remote caves on private property and go back pretty far. What people don't realize about cave crawling is, is it's not like exploring a river basin or exploring a mountain range where you can have a helicopter drop in supplies. You have to carry everything in with you. Right. And if you're going to go farther than a day, uh-huh. then you're going to have to establish a base, a base camp, then go make multiple trips mm. to bring supplies in so you can ferry out from that. Yeah. And the farther you go, the more of these base camps you've got to make and make trip right. after trip after trip bringing in supplies so you can go deep. There's stories... There's a story circulating around that I'm trying to chase down the origin of. But yeah. supposedly, some USGS cave crawlers were exploring part of the, the Mammoth Mammoth Range. And they got about three days in and started finding bones. Like big bones. Like big animals. And some what? allegedly human. Finding backpacks and camping wow. equipment. You you're you're still working wow. on getting this fully fleshed out as far yeah, as the I'm, story I'm, goes. I'm still working on chasing this story down, but I'm getting it from multiple sources. Uh, yeah, that is. Let me know how that goes. That's exciting. We might I'm, I'm to gonna chat. keep chasing it down. I and I've got a lead, and I'm not gonna say where I got the lead. No, sure, totally, sure. To vanish like smoke. No, sure. But if. If I can chase this lead to ground and get this person to tell me the story firsthand, uh, this is somebody that worked for the USGS. Uh, this is not somebody that would. That, this is somebody that has a lot to lose by going on public record. So I'm probably going to have to get them to talk to me under condition of an anonymity. But this story came to me secondhand that that is exactly what they were finding: camping equipment, backpacks. Uh, bones, even bones of large prey animals like like uh, deer and elk. Deer and elk, they they have they need vision just like we do. They might have better night vision. That's deep. But you, when you go into a cave, you can't. The darkness is so intense, you cannot see your hand in front of your face. If you don't have a flashlight, you're you're screwed. So there is no way deer or elk or bison wandered that far into a cave. Yeah, absolutely. That's, That's kind deep. of That's deep. That's crazy. I mean, it would also beg the question, though, if we can't see, nothing can see. There's no available right. light once you get so far in there, right? right. So no matter how how much light your eyes take in at night or if you're nocturnal, et cetera, I don't care what you have, unless you have some kind of special functionality Adaptation. or feature of your eyes, yeah, where you can see in the – I don't know. I'm just thinking outside the box here. There's all kinds of things that we haven't discovered yet, mm-hmm. so – Maybe there's a way right. to see in the dark for certain animals. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, that's – that's. I mean, how far in did you say? Three miles? Three days. Three, three days. Three days? Holy. Dude, that's that's wild. Yeah. And, yeah not, and, not three hours, not three, not three miles. Three days journey into this cave. Yeah. They started finding camping equipment and bones. Okay, here's another question. Getting to those points, was there any kind of way of finding out what the path was like there? If I'm thinking of Sasquatch or cryptids, I would doubt the USGS would share that information. Okay, because I'm trying to figure out. And that's the US Geological Survey. Yes, USGS. Yeah. Okay. And there, for for let's say the three of us decided to do it, 
it would take the backing of something with millions of dollars for us to be able to go in and establish these base camps and take our supplies in. It, this is not a minor undertaking. To get yeah. that far back into a cave takes months, if not years, of preparation and training. Right. And I guess one of my biggest questions is, why are you concerned that the cave system's so big that if there was an earthquake, like, you know, cities would fall or infrastructure would break down? I don't you know what what's the purpose of this investigation on their part? They I just know. want to map it. That maybe they're looking, they're either looking for resources or just planning do. to map it. Yeah. Uh, I know there's been a concerted both. effort to try to map Mammoth Cave. Yeah. And totally. they suspect that it runs from Tennessee up into Maine. Yeah. And I get that. What? Yeah. 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 Oh my Mammoth. God. Mammoth is the largest cave system on the planet, right? It's mm. got to be as far one of the know. most extensive. Well, there's a there's a cave they found, I believe it was in Thailand. Yeah, uh, Thailand. That it's is got so massive opening. it has its own ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Oh, it like opened up in the hole in the ground. Did you ever thing? see that image? Yeah, Big, I've seen that. Huge, there's like a tree growing on top. Yeah. Like of this yeah, you could put yeah. skyscrapers Lush. in this cave. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. The cave is so massive, it has its there own it ecosystem. Uh, Taiwan cave. Oh, yeah, no, Thailand. Yeah, Thailand go. cave. There's that a cave here in Missouri called Smittle Cave. And the reason it's called that is because it was discovered on the land of a family named the Smittles. Um, when I first, when, this is from back when I was with the cave crawling group. Uh, we tried to get permission to go in that cave. We were going to ask the family, but we found out that That's the it, Missouri Department right. of Conservation had That's gone it. in and kicked them off their land. Oh, um, really? Uh, they cited endangered brown bats. Uh, but when we got up, to, we snuck in there. We yep, were going to go in the cave sweet. anyway. They have put like massive iron gates concreted into the rock face over this cave entrance. And the way they've got the top with like barbed wire at the top it doesn't look like it's angled to keep something out. Hmm. Hmm. And that's, that's a cave here in Missouri. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Well, dude, mind officially blown on this one. Yeah, yeah, I've got. <laughs> We've talked. I think about, I have more guys, questions we're, than we're, we even we're started. We're like the top surface of the rabbit hole. We can go I so know. much deeper. Dude, we got to make this like a reoccurring thing. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to chip away um, at this because I I love it. I love the stories. Absolutely. I mean, that was great. We man. haven't even started talking about the valleys where they find headless people. Oh my god. Jeez. Yeah, let's put that There's on the two part two. Jesus, there's two of these places. <laughs> There's oh two goodness. different valleys where they keep finding headless people. Damn. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to revisit this conversation. That is wild, man. That's great. Tell well, me again what's happening a- December 6th that you said earlier, DA. December 6th, I'm going to be on Coast to Coast the Weekend Edition. There we Coast go. There we go. There, there we go. go. Perfect. We're going to be – got to put that on our calendar. Yeah, I want to hear that. December 6th? It'll be a lot of fun. It's my second that's- appearance on Coast to Coast. I'm really looking forward to it. Fantastic, awesome. dude. Congrats. Yeah, that's great. That is great. And we're probably going to be talking about a lot of the same stuff we talked about here, but sure. I, I know we're going to be also exploring other cryptids as well. Right. Dude. DA, thank you so, so, so much for coming on, chatting up with My me pleasure, and Bob. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Yeah. Uh, talking dog man, talking everything. Yeah. Yeah. We talked I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. Everything. But we got, I mean, we got into a lot. Of stuff. I love it. 
Um, but I'd drive up to, to Ohio sometime and hang out with you guys. We could do Dude, yes. a, a multi-parter. I could talk about this, you know, different stuff like this for hours and hours. Absolutely, man. It's not a bad idea. Hey, we'll take you to some uh, uh, Serpent Mound, take you around to some mounds. Oh, we can do yeah. a little shoot some stuff and talk about weird. I mean, there's a Dusty Ruth who's a, a Bigfoot hunter here in Ohio who's mm-hmm. been down in Adams County in the surrounding areas of, of Serpent Mound because there's been so many Sasquatch sightings. He gave a presentation at the summer solstice event at Serpent Mound. Our, our, our friends nice. uh, Jeff and Delcy Wilson put on. And I got a chance to meet him and see his castings. And apparently, Serpent Mound, Ohio area, farmers, people have been reporting seeing Sasquatch, seeing footprints. Recently. He's been down there the, all summer hmm. working in the Serpent Mound area. So I've been – I would love to, you know, maybe we connect the dots and yeah, and we go hit up Dusty and maybe speaking of, DA can come on a speaking hunt Speaking of us. Bigfoot in Ohio, are you guys yes. familiar with the series of videos the Ohio DNR put out? No. <laughs> no. This this is going to blow your mind. Uh, we've been we've been seeing a lot of like soft reveals. The government has been slowly like letting a little informa- a little bits of information. Like back in 2019, they attempted to pass amendments to the to the federal hunting laws to include protection of certain near human chimeras it failed on the house floor but it was put before the house to protect certain near human chimeras on federal hunting laws wow what is that talking about we've got we've seen a little soft details like you suddenly the uh the forestry department is starting to put sasquatch warning signs on certain trailheads this is happening what? all across the United States. Mm. The, the, In Ohio, the Ohio Department sure. of Natural Resources released a five-part video on what to do if a Bigfoot attacks. When I first heard about I it, I, I thought it was going to be a tongue-in-cheek, you know, done as humor. It's not. It's a very legit five-part set of videos with some pretty tremendous information. So Ohio, at least Ohio is taking this very seriously. State of Florida. I mean, there's so many sightings hunt. in Ohio. It's nuts. The grass I speech, uh, the state grass of Florida passed the uh, laws protecting the skunk ape. Uh, the state of Oklahoma offered a $3 million bounty on a Bigfoot brought in alive. Uh, so there's individual states that are doing a lot that are is kind of what I would consider a soft reveal. I mean, if the state of Oklahoma doesn't think they exist, why would they offer a $3 million bounty? A hundred percent. I mean, right? I, I'm just they're going to put line. themselves out there like that. They got to actually, hey, put your money where your mouth is. Well, they it's did. Like, it's like reading nonverbal cues, right? Maybe they're not right. saying it directly, but they're saying it in all these other ways of putting up signage. I, I don't think hey, they're ever going to just go. Here it is. It's all real. Yeah, here it is, man. You it's don't all think real. so? You don't think they'll ever? I don't think they'll ever do that because if they ever did and said, "Yeah, we've known about these things for the last 150 years," that makes them culpable in the disappearances mm. of everybody in the national parks, oh and they're never going to admit. Dear. They're going to go, "Well, it looks like we might have finally found enough information, so maybe." Um, for well, example, if they did admit you know it, the they FBI? Have to admit. Yeah, I was just saying, the if FBI they if they admit it, it, they have to admit that these people are these these missing folks, and they've done nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's right. the case and they know, then, like you said, they're culpable. The Patterson-Gimlin footage, when that was released, the FBI launched launched an investigation into the, the possible presence of, of Bigfoot creatures in, in the Bluff Creek area. 
the F, they just recently, like within the last five years, released their findings. They, they, you know, they were classified up until then. They released a highly redacted document. Uh, you can Google FBI Bigfoot findings. You can find that document all over the web. Uh, but the document is highly redacted. And if you read the entire thing, when you get to the end, the FBI says, while we find enough information to believe the, the, the existence of this creature, we believe it's dead. There's hmm. not just one. It's right. got to be a breeding population. But the, So the FBI admits there's enough evidence to say this thing was there, but we think it's dead. Yeah, that's the easy way out that's swamp gas swamp gas <laughs> right it's so there's been a lot in the last 10 years of what i what i call soft revelations i need to really um, do where it. they've been you quietly doing things i just the next step we let's focus on like document dumps da or something let's do like a a show that where it's just like hey this is the what the government says this is what mm-hmm. the state of ohio is doing it'd be cool to you know, go back. What did the narrative? FBI like? Yeah. Can we get into documents where you know government officials, um, people, bureaucrats are, are are talking about these? I don't know if there's like an archive. If, I was if anybody's thinking, has tracked this stuff down. I I was just thinking I need to start learning how to research Bigfoot better because I didn't know any of this. <laughs> go on, uh, go on the the website of the Ohio Department of Natural Resources, and you'll find those videos. They're okay. on YouTube. You just go on YouTube and put Ohio DNR Bigfoot and you'll find those videos. Ohio DNR Bigfoot. Gotcha. I mean, I almost want to do a, just a whole separate like, like reaction video on those or something. Like, it'd be funny just to... There's five uh, of them. Yeah. And yeah, they're not short cool. videos. They're, they're, they're a little beefy, so it's not like you could do a reaction video on all five at once. But I'm you could do a reaction right. video on each individual one. Exactly. Bingo. We can make a series out of them like Mikey and Bub react to... Whatever these bizarre Ohio Department of Natural Resource I mean, Sasquatch gonna... warning videos. That's what I'm saying. That's I'm strange. In. That's okay. very strange. That fits the narrative of strange. Dude, this has been great. Da, we're gonna do this again, brother. Trust me, this is Hell happening. Yeah. We've had a blast. Yes, Bub. Thoroughly good yeah. time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. Da, thank you again, man. We're going to sign off here. I really appreciate you coming on. If yeah. there's anything else My you want to say. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say before you go, we can find you, D.A. Roberts, at D.A. Roberts Author, on all social media platforms. Uh, Check out D.A.'s YouTube channel. Check out daroberts.net, his website. You can reach him a number of different ways. Um, We are The Strange Road. Yep. I'm Mikey. Bub. That's Bub. And we're going to be bringing a lot more content to you guys uh the studio is is rocking and rolling we've done now our second episode back and um we want to thank anybody that's subscribed from CryptidCon, anybody that's followed us from CryptidCon, or from our friend uh vj has been blowing up our youtube channel with uh uh, his friends from india so we have some yeah uh tamil speaking folks from uh, the videos that we did with VJ, where VJ kind of connected the dots with um, Native American spirituality, Native American uh, prehistoric mound builders, their symbolism, and the connections with Kundalini yoga in ancient India and the things that he's found 
And so thank you to everyone in India who's been uh, chugging through our VJ videos. We really appreciate that. Um, we are, like I said, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Strange Road. Um, on YouTube, please hit that notification bell. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. So when we go live, because we're going to be streaming every episode from now on from yep. the new studio. So hit that notification bell so you get notified when we go live. We'll be promoting it on Instagram and all of our socials. Try to give you guys somewhat of a heads up. We're getting stuff really tuned up, really tuned in. Big thank you to the guy behind the curtain. And, uh, and dialed in. Curtain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And special thanks to uh, Kyle Stoner, yep. producer, technical director, wizard. Yep. Crushing And all-around Google master. Um, and uh, we... Got worked through a lot of technical stuff today prepping for this. Yeah. Um, we've got monitors down here. Kyle's really hooked us up to make this interaction with DA super fucking easy yep. and cool and simple and, and sweet. Yep. Uh, so, again, we're signing out. Yes. This has been a great one. Uh, is there anything else we for, we forgot, Kyle? I think we co- is there covered else? everything. Yeah, I don't I, – think so like that's it again da thank you very much yep everybody that watched or continues to tune in contact us let us know what you'd like to hear see if you have stories if we can make that happen we'll make it happen we obviously like what we're doing here so yeah we'd like to keep doing it dm me on the at the strange road instagram page that's where you can get a hold of me um and uh hit us up on uh instagram i'm spiral mikey on instagram i don't have instagram but on twitter you can follow you at, at Bob Ranley at Bob Ranley on Twitter and uh, at Kyle Stonard on Instagram is Kyle. Um, but uh, this has been great. Yep. Take care, guys. Peace. <laughs>